Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. How y'all doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. We are a podcast that pairs amazing cocktails with amazing movies. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, look at you. <laughs> You're so excited I for am. tonight. <laughs> yes, for you guys who cannot see us, we are dressed to the nine right for now. For those of you who can't see us, get on YouTube. Get on YouTube Shit. and then you can see us. Yeah, you can see me with my creepy mustache. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> I like it. <laughs> My Eddie Murphy mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So I am Jason. I'm Zenobia. Yes, you are. Mm, you look so nice. Me. You look so nice. Do I? I like a man in a tie. It's a little something I put together. I got my boa on. I'm feeling extra yeah, uh, fabulous. Zenobia is leaving feathers all over the house. I will be sweeping after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I found feathers in the sink. How'd you pull that one off? I was preparing these cocktails that we were about to drink. Cocktails. This looks good. Okay. So I'm a little apprehensive looking at these ingredients, but there's also some homemade ingredients that yep, I see. Yep, yep, so yep. All right, I'm you ready. ready? What are we drinking? This is called the Dream Girl Cocktail. The Dream Girl Cocktail. Yes. Big surprise. We're doing Dream Girls. <laughs> We're doing Dream Girls. <laughs> so we have one and a half ounce of Bacardi Silver Rum. Okay. Mm, we got half, Check. Yep. We have half an ounce of whipped cream vodka, which we have. Okay. We have an ounce of coconut puree, which I didn't really know without how to... That's but, the part that makes me apprehensive. <laughs> but So I got cream of coconut, which is like kind of like... Cream de coco? Not this time. Oh, because that one was good. That was really good. There's no chocolate in this drink, okay. but there is cream of coconut. It's kind of like a syrupy. It's good. Okay. Okay. Then we have one ounce of lime juice, which we have. One ounce of lime juice. One ounce of orange juice and three-fourths ounce of blueberry simple syrup. You splurged on that good orange juice. Look at I you. Did. So I made um, blueberry simple syrup. By doing one cup of sugar, one cup of water, and one cup of blueberries into, like, a pan. I want to, like, taste Just taste it. I just want to taste this. It's good. But I don't want to spill on myself. And then I, like, just boiled it until it kind of just melted. It's so good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, right? It's like syrupy blueberry jam. Yes. It was so good. And it was fun to make. My mom helped me out. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you, Mama. And um, because she has been making simple syrup forever. Has she? And that's what she puts in her strawberry lemonade that she makes all the time for us. Mm. Because we have extra lemonade or extra strawberries from the funnel cake sometimes. Mm-hmm. She'd be making that. So she was a pro at making the simple syrup. So she helped me out. And then you're going to shake it all up and put it in a glass. And this that's is this goodness glass. that we're drinking Ooh. out of. And that is... A little milky. Uh, the Dream Girl. We'll see. You ready? I've already had it. It's good. The Dream Girl to- cocktail. All right. All right. Cheers. See what you got. I like oh, it. wow. I like mm. it. Nope. Right about back The lime. <laughs> I forgot you said you put lime in there. No, I like it. It's pretty good. Mm. It's frothy. It's like coconut. Slightly frothy. I like it. It's like... Like some juice. Yeah, it's like a frothy lemonade almost. Some coconut. Coconut cream de coconut. Cream de coconut. That's that something you might find at a Hawaiian restaurant. Yeah, you know, very something in Maui beachy. Or something. I it's fucking nice. love it. And you can kind of taste the like whipped cream vodka. 
a little, little bit. I think that's the part that I'm noticing in the after. It's like it's it's not quite liquidy. It's like there's something there. I don't know what I don't know how to describe it. I love it. It's good. And that is the dream girl cocktail. Cocktail. <laughs> so we are doing dream girls. This is Zenobi's pick. I'm gonna let you quarterback majority of this oh, night. It's like that. One because I know you're very excited. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> And I don't want to be like talking over you. Don't. Too, because I know you know a hell of a lot more about this I do. musical than I do. This is one of my favorites. Okay. And three, because we got so many people that are in this movie that we've already talked about. I know. So it's fun. We get to just talk about other stuff. Yeah, than... we get to talk about them in the movie. Yeah. So we got, well, let me give you the herstory. Okay, some herstory. So here's the herstory. What is the difference between dark rum and light rum? The color. <laughs> yes correct ding 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 alright so <laughs> light silver or white rum mm-hmm. is aged for less time than other varieties of rum mm-hmm. the darker ones okay. and it's distilled as soon as it's distilled they filter it and it comes out clear which is what we're drinking today mm-hmm. and it's light rum I mean, we have the difference if we want to like do variations. I know. And it has a sweeter taste okay. than the other ones, from what I read. But they're both rum. Yes. And so this one is not aged for as long, is what you're saying? Yeah. As soon as it's like distilled, uh-huh. they filter it and then they bottle it and it goes out. Okay. And, and that's where the Bacardi Silver name comes from, mm-hmm. as you were saying. Okay, I got you. So light silver or white rum. It's like what we're drinking. It's going to be a test after this, people. You know what really makes We really should test people. Here's the thing. When we first started this show, Uh when we did Girls Trip, I asked you if we had white rum or light rum, and you were like, what's the difference? And we know so much shit now. (laughs) Within a year, almost a year of us doing this. Not even. Not even a year of us doing this. Eight months? Eight, nine months? Somewhere around there? And we're. I mean, we're coming up on a year of like pre-production, you might say. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we did this for like a couple, two, three months before we actually like went live. That's true. So, but can you just think so about it? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Now you know the difference. I do. My my alcohol game is. <laughs> we have learned so strong. much, and you can tell people fun facts about gin and tequila and rum. There's one thing that I'm still sad about, even after a whole year of drinking with you. What? I'm still a lightweight. <laughs> I thought that I was putting you through good training, and you're you're the one slacking. Not me. I've been practicing once a week, <laughs> and yet I'm still only like a three, four beer a night. That's fine. Guy. I mean, especially if I you're was going- a one to two, so that's that's a step up. I've doubled my tolerance. Still ain't shit, but you're welcome. And now you have a distinguished palate for fancy cocktails. Yes, I do. Okay, yes, I do. So dark black. Or gold rum, they start off clear just like the white rum. Mm. But they age them for a lot longer into like wood barrels or like, what is it called? Whiskey barrels. Whiskey barrels, wooden barrels. Yeah. Charred barrels. Uh Is that where the color comes from? That's where the color comes from. From the wood itself? Yeah. You remember we talked about this with um, Moonshine? We and yep, with, yep, and yep, with yep. whiskey, that like whiskey comes out clear and mm-hmm. the, the aging makes the color. So it's the same with the rum as well. I got you. And it's more of a, I'm going to say like a bitter taste 
than a sweeter taste like the light lighter rums are. And yeah. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. We never talked. I mean, about this is the, the one that we had uh, taken a shot of when we celebrated last week. You know, yeah, last week for our May month because and it is dark yeah. as Wesley Snipes, y'all. <laughs> Cray it ain't that dark. <laughs> I was before bit. Wesley Snipes. I almost spit. <laughs> okay. Back then, me and Eddie were the darkest brothers on the planet. <laughs> So can I give you another history? You're the quarterback tonight. I'm just running what you tell me. Alright, so since this month is Tony Month, musical month. Happy Tony Month, everybody. Nothing but musicals all month. I want to also say happy Pride Month, y'all. Happy Pride Month as well. Oh my We wish that we can do both. Yes. You know. Maybe next year when we're funded. I don't know. I still feel like we should just have a Pride Month somewhere. Anyway. We sh- we should. It would have been this month if it wasn't yes. the Tonys. Yep. And towards the end of the month, we're coming up on the anniversary mm-hmm. of Stonewall for my rainbow people out there. So mm-hmm. please look that shit up. I got some picks for Pride Month. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't we're, wait. We're going to fight over movies for Pride Month. We are month. definitely going to be fighting over movies. But I'll only... I got backups. It's fine. I'll only give you the movie if you dress and drag for it. Wow. I'll dress in drag. I'll be a, a We're drag We're going to dress king. in drag for free? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I know what movie you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're just going to share that movie. And yesterday, I, <laughs> yesterday in I mean, honor of my lovely people, I was watching Birdcage. Nice. It was I, mean, see I did the cheesy mustache today. That's, you know, I'm getting into character. The Eddie... I, I did it for Eddie Murphy because he's got that thin ass mustache in he this does. movie. He does. Okay, so mm. here's a little history on the Tonys. On the Tonys. Okay. okay. Antoinette Perry was yes. an actress, director, producer, and co founder of the American Theater Wing and the Broadway League. And mm. she was the shit. Yes. She'd go around the world performing for troops during World War II. One, one, I want to say. Yeah, it may have been World War Two. No, I'm gonna say one. Didn't she pass away in '46? Yeah, so that would be what. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's World War One. Okay, so yeah, so she went around performing for troops, and she was really big into the theater community, and pretty much kind of made it as what we mm-hmm. know of. She today. molded it to what we've come to love about it. And like Jason said, she died in 1946. And so a group of people got together, and then in 1947, they started the award ceremony in mm. honor of her because she's just so fucking fabulous. And her nickname was Tony. So as they were passing out the awards, they called them the Tonys. Yeah. In honor of her. Because I thought Tony was a dude until I did last too. week when I was talking to Smashley about this. And she was like, oh my God, we learned so much in like... 10 minutes of just like Googling. And so I thought that everyone should kind of know. So technically you're winning not just a Tony, but a Antoinette Perry award. Yes. I know. I would totally. And that's what it's listed. Uh, So people probably, uh, sometimes it's listed, sometimes it's not. But like we've got some Tony winners in this cast. We have a lot of Tony Uh winners. Uh-huh. Well, no, that's not true. We've got a few. In this cast, no, Uh you're right. But, but uh, in, my in reading research, it, it says, you know, clear as day, receiver, uh, winner of the Antoinette Perry, like, and then in parentheses, Tony Award. 
I would totally say her more full name. More commonly known. So people would be like... I mean, now that I know, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, you want an Antoinette Perry? Bitch. They'd be like, wait, what? No, I want a Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You let them know. They don't even know. <laughs> and that is my history on... Mm, the Tonys. On the Tonys and mm. Light and Dark Rum. On Light and Dark Rum. <laughs> Y'all learn a lot tonight. Mm, mm. I'm hitting you guys with it. <laughs> Dang. What are our viewers going to think if I dress in drag? They'll just be like, do it, Jason. Nobody. is. Everyone's going to love it. Shit. Our family's going to make so much fun of me. Monique, I'm talking about you. <laughs> burr, burr, burr. She is. We should just. But she would love it. I'm going to make her ass sign like a NDA or something. <laughs> Jason will only do this if Monique agrees to not, not say anything. be a brat. <laughs> Does that mean she can't text you as she listens to the episode and tells you? Exactly. Oh, oh okay. I don't know. I don't think she would sign it. <laughs> she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. All right. Um, well, we're going to dive into this cat. Well, not the cast, but this movie in general. And uh, truth be told, I had never seen the movie until this week. I know. <laughs> You're I know. so happy with yourself. All week, I like... I still got the songs in my head right now. I restrained now. myself from well, texting you song. to ask you, like, did you like it? Did you like it? <laughs> you should have asked I me. didn't. I just wanted to know I today. Told you. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. You haven't asked me yet. Do you like the movie? I like them all. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. This being our fourth Eddie Murphy fucking movie. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Does that make him the most talked about actor on this podcast? He has beat out... Uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, who were yep. in our top spot. They were. Yeah. And that's only because we haven't done a Robin Williams or a Tom Hanks movie yet. Oh, we did do a Tom Hanks movie. Yep. So the seal is broken. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I know. I haven't Y'all done a Will rich. Smith one before. That's where I... What the hell? I, I mean, I haven't done Robin Williams yet. I think I'm going to wait know? for July. We'll just, you know, Independence Day this shit. Yeah. Mm. Robin Williams to me is Will Smith to you, so... I, get that. I, I don't think so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to sleep with the man, <laughs> but you know, I would I would hug him shirtless. I would have slept with him, his hairy ass. <laughs> Can Some I give people you the... prefer short, furry, and funny? <laughs> I do. So you ready to hear the stats? Yes, please. Dream girls. We are dream girls. Boys, we'll make you happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So dream girls came out December twenty fifth. 2006. 2006. Yeah. How many times did you see it this week? Three. That's how many times I saw it in the theaters. Really? Yes. <laughs> One of those situations. I'm going back in. Yeah. Uh, I worked at the movie theaters at the time, but our neighborhood is quite uh, Caucasian. So yes, we don't always get a lot of the black movies. It's getting a lot better now, but mm-hmm. in 2006 it was not. So I had to drive... Uh, about 30 minutes away to Ontario to go see it. And I did it three times because I fucking love that. And then it would, I saw it twice there. And then okay. by the time the Academy Awards came up, mm-hmm. they um, replayed it at my theater. So then I got to see it again for free. So I like that. I've seen it a bunch of times. I do have the song stuck in my head now. All the songs. All of them. Okay, so. It's more. Than you. Ooh. 
I feel like I'm coming down with something because Aww. I can't hit my shit. I mean, I can't be the one singing. I'm not there no worry. yet. Ashley's working on me, though. I know. It's getting better. I know. So I'm not. I'm kind of upset that I'm not at my full potential for one of my favorite musicals. But we, just bear with me. We can. I mean, should we, we just can, cancel it? And just I mean, we could do karaoke right after this if you want to just. You know, I mean, sing Ashley's out. at work. She is. And Ashley's so, working a night shift. She will not be in the building tonight. Burr, burr, burr. She's working till like six in the morning. So six that means we're free morning. to do whatever we want. So what you want to do? <laughs> I got a pocket full of rubbers that my, my homeboys home do, do too. <laughs> okay, so the budget for Dreamgirls was eighty million. That's a big budget. Shit. It was a big budget movie. I mean, it's big cast, but I mean, look, yeah. And in today's money, mm-hmm. that's a hundred and two million dollars. Shit. And it made one hundred and fifty-four million in today's money. That's one hundred and ninety-six million. Okay. So fifteen years. Yeah, it made a lot of it made money off of me twice, and the sec, third time was free. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought the movie, so yeah, I got that too. So you have the movie, you have the vinyl. Oh my god! You, oh my god! I didn't even. I, I'll grab it. I'll. I'll you guys, shit. all right. So I just want to say that I came over here today with the original Broadway cast vinyl of Dream Girls, which we were bumping earlier today. Yes, we were. We got some memorabilia. Yes. For you. How old is this stuff right here? The record has to be from I'll just, like... I'll hand stuff to 80... you. What do you want first? Well, give me the record. All right. It's the record, the vinyl, which I'm not like this, sure. is seriously so beautiful it really is and it has the whole cast on it the mm-hmm. new cast or the old original cast which we will talk about and my parents who pretty much got me into theater let me borrow for tonight their dream girls playbook oh yeah isn't that gorgeous so nice gorgeous. i love it so much because my parents saw this in the 80s when it came here to los angeles down goes the alcohol Ooh. But it's all right, because you know what didn't get damaged? The memorabilia. The memorabilia, because I wouldn't be able to come home. Don't drop that shit. Got that yellow cake. I know what to do with it. So, yeah. Yeah, here's a the special CIA napkin. Napkin <laughs> for my yellow cake. So, yeah, this is the original playbill that my parents have from the 80s. Wow. When they went to go see it with partly original cast. When did the playbill get switched to like that yellow that it is now? I don't know. We're going to have to look at that. I don't know because Interesting. you're right. They all have like the same. They all have the same playbill. And this look is, now. has to be from, it doesn't have a date on it, but I'm going to think like 84, probably 85 when it was touring. Okay. So. I'm going to take pictures of some of this stuff for you guys to see Yes, later. we will post this stuff on because Instagram. So if you is... don't follow us on Instagram, Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Yes. Podcast. Yes. So my parents have been into theater forever. They got me into it. And I feel like because my parents forced my brothers to go see my plays, mm. they got into them. Okay. Not as much as me, but, you know, I get upset when my parents go see plays without me. Like, they saw Motown, and I was like, you didn't even tell me Motown was, so I could buy tickets? That one was good, too. That's what they said. That was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the actors' names, but the first person that sticks out in my mind uh, was uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Whoever it was that played Marvin Gaye, oh, my God, he was killing it. 
And you went to the theater. We did. We just went to the theater uh, to see uh, Les Mis at the Pantages this past weekend. Yes. And uh, I have to say that uh, Nick Cartel, who plays Jean Valjean, mm. absolutely fantastic. Great, great, great fucking singer. Great actor. He's one of those guys that actually doesn't have to be big. It's more uh, that he is acting and singing from the heart, and yep. therefore he's able to reach those uh, people in the back audience. You know, and that's all you have to really do sometimes. Yep. Even if it is theater, you don't have to do big grand gestures. You don't have to be bold yep. and expressive with your body. You just have to believe in what you're saying and what you're what singing. singing. All right, so you ready for the Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, please. Which I voted for. Again. I'm just going to assume that you vote for everything that we talk about. Okay, good, because I am now. So, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Critics. But I feel like maybe I should be on the critic side. Like, when do I get to be on the critic side so I can change that number? I don't know. Someone holla at me. Holla at me, Rotten Tomatoes. If you could send us an email to Lights, Camera, Cocktail. No S. Because I want to know. I want to know. The people want to know. Okay, so um, are you ready for the completely made up drinking game? Yes, I am. I'm going to make a few adjustments because we're running out of real estate. But uh-huh. yes, let's talk about this drinking game. Game. And I thought of some while you and Ashley were thinking up stuff. We were thinking up stuff. And I didn't have time to comment, but I may throw it in now. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, so... You take one simp when someone is seen smoking. Every time you say simp, I reach for my glass. <laughs> Grab it and take that simp because there Eddie Murphy smokes smoking. a lot. Eddie Even Murphy Beyonce smokes. smokes. Jamie Foxx is smoking when mm-hmm. he's in the room listening to him and stuff. It's setting a time yeah. where you can smoke indoors everywhere. Yes, you could. Okay, so you take one simp when there's a wig change. This one was Smashley's, and I really liked it because I like that. It is true. And you flip it back to front. Really? <laughs> Come on, just turn it around. That, or you know, just they change it for yeah. every look. You got the same wig I got. Yeah. You got the same dress I got. Yeah. Then shut up. I'm too cute for this shit. Well, she is. We gonna get into her. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so you take one simp when a song is stolen. Got me a Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac. Motherfuckers. Fucking white people. Motherfuckers. Made it, they took all hey, the songs. Hey, and that out of shit. Me. Happened a lot back then. He talks a about a number it. of songs that got robbed. When he talks about Elvis, yeah, he's telling true facts, true, facts. true facts, history. He stole it. You can look at an interview with mm-hmm. Ray Charles, and someone was like, "So, like, what do you feel about you know Elvis being the king of rock and roll?" And he was like, "He's the king of what? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that he." And this is like probably in the nineties when he's doing it. Yeah, and he's like, "I don't." think that he's the king of anything because basically he stole our sound mm-hmm. made it wider and made millions off of it yeah. like i know tons of people who are better at rock and roll than he is mm-hmm. so you got that one and then you got the one night only oh one night only one night i do i can't which I'm one's not, your favorite uh like if they were both on the shelf who you gonna buy 
my loyalty wants to go with Effie I know. because it was originally her and Cece's song. But when Beyonce's version is it's it's, it's catchy. Yeah, she got it all disco. Yeah, she, she has does. like her gay dancers. She got drag queens fucking <laughs> dancing in the crowd just as her. Like I totally understand. It's hard. I just like that whole. Yeah, part. my loyalty wants to stick to the person that originally it was meant for. She does kill but, it though. The, yeah, when she sings they it do, all slow, they produced her producer it up and. Put a poppy twist on it, and it's, they did she a good job. She discoed that shit up. One night, they were fucking getting it with their little <laughs> sequence fucking shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they did. Jamie Fox, Ooh. fucking snake fucking in this movie. Snake, shit. He's a cold-hearted snake. Look into his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, he's, he's been, been telling lies. lies. Totally, Curtis. Curtis. Alright, so <laughs> you take one simp when Effie is singing and singing in the background. Singing in the background. I did that was mine. That was yours. Oh, you were listening. I was listening. I like that. And okay. it counts when she's also singing in the background for Jimmy Early. Jimmy Early, yeah, absolutely. But you promise I wouldn't spend my life singing backup, Curtis. And I still promise that I'm not gonna let this beautiful voice go to waste. They are all singing background, mm-hmm. but even when she is singing backgrounds for yeah, the she's dreams. not about it. Not about it. Not even a little bit. But not. I mean, if you had a voice like her, would you want to be singing in the background? I get her? it. She's absolutely correct in saying that, you know, I don't belong in the background. That's why I think that when she left the group, they should have, like, they kicked her out. They should have been like, you, you're you too big for a group. Like, you don't need a group. Mm-hmm. You just need you as the star. You don't share no limelight. And agreed. You can, and she would have had an audience. Yeah. I feel like she would have been like an Aretha Franklin, just out uh-huh. there, big, beautiful, killing it with her pipes, and everyone would have been a loved her little diva attitude because shit, you that good, girl. Can I jump ahead for a minute? Go ahead. You know she's playing Aretha. Is she really? Yes, she is. Girl, what? Yes, <laughs> Jennifer Hudson Shut is up. in pre-production to play Aretha. Well, that's all I saw in this whole movie. It's just her. Yeah, absolutely. And now she can act better than she acted in this movie. Which mm-hmm. She did a good job. Great, great, great yeah. job. It is in pre-production. She's playing Aretha Franklin. That project is called Respect. <laughs> it's got yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah, and uh, in 2019, she's doing Cats. I heard about that. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Cats, but maybe I would like it if I saw it in the movie. I mean... You know, it's Jennifer Hudson. She don't I watch anything that bitch. <laughs> I just saw her in that uh, Jimmy Kimmel show where he like turns old TV shows into the same TV show, but he puts stars in it. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh my god! What is that? You would love it. Okay, so like he took All in the Family and Woody Harrelson plays Archie Bunker, and they redo an episode from that. Then they do the Jeffersons. Okay. And they have Jamie Fox. And Wanda Sykes play them and... Play who? The Jeffersons. Okay. And Jennifer Hudson sings the theme song for the show. So it's like her all dressed cute. It's Jennifer she, Hudson yeah. singing. Well, Muslim she's not... A, yeah, she just like starts singing and she walks through there like the set. Oh, I love it. Well, we're moving on. Let's get back to this game. Okay. So one simp when Cece writes a new song. Okay. And Cece... How many dances you got dreamed up for us? How many songs written there in your notebook? I don't know, maybe a hundred. He doesn't write all the songs, but he writes a lot, which I think is good. I was under the impression that he did write all the songs. Yeah, but I mean, like, in the movie. 
Oh, okay. So some of the songs is just them singing. He's sure. right that. Yeah. So that one don't count. Mm-hmm. But a song like One Night Only or um, Move. Got you a Cadillac. Move, Cadillac. You know, mm-hmm. he wrote those songs. Patience. Mm-hmm. He writes those. Patience. Little sister. Mm-hmm. Patience. We'll get to that. Okay, wait. Just tell me, what's your favorite song? In the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, everybody's favorite song. And I am telling you. Okay, time out. Besides that one. Besides that one. That one don't count because it's... Yeah, it don't count. That's an easy... Yeah. That's too easy. I mean, that one just, you know, hits you... That's too easy. Quick. It's one of the most famous... It is. ...musical theater songs in history. And yo! Yeah. I'm talking about... Okay. If I was going to choose one, because I'm torn between a powerful, heartfelt song, and then there's like the one where Jimmy is on stage... On his last performance. And he's like, you know what? Fuck that. Jimmy ain't gonna sing all this. I can't do it no more. I can't sing no more sad songs. You like the soft shit? Because I love that I like the soft shit. But as soon as he cuts the music. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. I just can't sing no more sad songs. Yeah. And he's like telling the band, you know what? You know what? Follow my lead. You know what? I'm gonna hit you on like one. Three. Hit back. Rapping, I'm man. like I'm with him the whole time till he you know Two, drops three, trow. Hit me. <laughs> I mean, if it was today, he would have been fine. That's true. You know, <laughs> even in the '90s, you know, he would have been fine because we didn't see that he was wearing boxers. We seen worse. We seen Janice Titty. I'm seen Janice Titty. Uh, I'm gonna go with I don't know the name of the song though, but that song that Jimmy sings. Yeah, I meant you no know, harm slash the rap. I think it says. Is that what it's called? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so many. I love changing. I am changing. Because that is such a powerful song that Effie sings. Mm-hmm. I also love the, the Jimmy one. It's hard between the move. Not the move, the um, one I don't Another one that's jumping out at me right now is Dina's I song. Love when she's in the sound booth. Listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one is a powerful fucking song. It is. Listen to the song here in my heart. A melody and she does it justice. Yeah. Do you want a fun fact on that or you want to wait? Give me a fun fact. Fun fact. That song is added to the movie. It's not on the sound to the original stage production. Okay. And it was written by Beyonce. Good for her. So there you go. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Which was also on her I Am Sasha Fierce album mm. as well after this movie. She put it on there. And I feel like if anyone was going to write a song about being a star in a group and feeling like no one's listening to you, it's that bitch. <laughs> she could do that. Queen B all day. All right. So back to the game. So you take one stamp when you see a Cadillac. Mm. Ooh, I got me oh. a Cadillac. Cadillac, Cadillac. There's a lot of Cadillacs being sold in this got movie, too. Got me a Cadillac car. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Oh. There's something about my Cadillac. It's dripping oil. Step it to the bad side. I also like that one. That's also a good good one. So you're going to take one simp when you see a montage. <laughs> a montage? 
You know what a montage is? I know what a montage is. There's quite a few. Oh, yeah, there is. Okay. Where they, like, show them going through the times, all the newspapers, sure. articles. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime there's one of those. I got you. Where, like, even where he's singing Fake Your Way to the Top, it's a montage of them pretty much showing from them going from that mm-hmm. to them actually wearing all gold and being fucking, like, big and shit. Yeah. I'm a county. Um, you take one simp when money exchanged hands. Okay. Payola shit. It's strictly paid for play with those boys. That takes money. Real money. Okay. That payola. <laughs> Which means that, that money I mean it starts stacking up yeah, too. It means that you pay to play. That means back in the day you people would have to pay DJs, especially big DJs, mm-hmm. to play their record over and over so that it would be number one on the charts. Yeah, DJs kinda held the keys to that sort of situation. Even though now they are a dying art form that can't make money because of things like this that happened motherfucking shame okay so you take one simp when james early says he's the first of something Mm. who's the first one to fall down (laughs) who the first one to fall down start screaming yeah it was you i'm the first are you killing me like uh james brown no that was me and why are you working that keeps you working. That keeps you Damn working. Damn right. That's why I let you keep fucking up my chicken sandwich. Yeah. Come on, let's go get this money. <laughs> do you have any simps you want to add in there? I do, yeah. Now that I'm fairly inebriated. Mm-hmm. I put oh. myself just a little bit. Uh, one of them, I think that you could, should take a simp when anytime Effie is being stubborn. I knew you were going to say that, and I didn't put it in there because I had a feeling you were going to say that. Because... Yeah. She a little brat. Just as stubborn as your mother. Go home, man. She is. She's a brat. But because she's so good. She is good. She is so fucking good. And she she doesn't deserve to share her money with two other bitches. No. <laughs> That's I mean, I can't say that because those girls put in just as much they work did. as she did. They did. You know, they just weren't born with the same pipes that she was. I get that. However... She's not a group. She is a soloist. She's a soloist. And it's not their fault that she didn't discover that until later in her life. Yeah. They are lucky that she brought them with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? To a degree. You know, I think that, you know, I think that they could have still been successful or had a shot, say, if Michelle, I want to say is her name, the <laughs> girl that gets added in. Oh, yeah. I thought you were if talking... If it started out with those three... I was thinking about fucking Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Oh. God. We're not talking about... I was like, what's wrong with Michelle? I love that bitch. Get oh, out of here. We're not talking about Michelle and Kelly. And Kelly and Beyonce. No. I thought the story I, was about we, them. We were talking about Dream Girl. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I thought this was about them. It's not their... No, it's their not biography. my fault that they both named Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it was her, she was a good backup. She was happy being there. Mm-hmm. She was happy having her baby. Who he was. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good one. Okay, what uh, else? Also, what was it? Uh, you finish a drink when Jimmy does some drugs. Like you take a sip? No. Well, I already had that as a finish a drink. Oh, I thought you did them all already. No, I was just doing sips. Oh, my fault. All right, well, finish your drink when Jimmy Early does drugs. Yeah. A.K.A. does them too much and dies. Uh, you finish your drink when Effie gets kicked out of the band. Oh, okay. That's a good one. So after she is telling you 
you better be telling your bartender at your house to make you another get drink. Get ready. Get ready. This one's gone. <laughs> that is going to be my new song to like every bartender. I'm like, and I am telling you. I need a rum and coke. <laughs> Even though you have maraschino cherries, I want five of them. <laughs> I'm just joking. You got anything else? Are those all of them? Yep. Now uh, you can add whatever the fuck you want. There was something else, but I can't remember right now, and we got to move on with the show. So. And that is a completely made up drinking, drinking game. game. That's how you do it. <laughs> so it's a good drinking game. Yeah. It's not too much like not you've been. I actually cut it down. Months. Look at this. There's space for more. And I just I decided not to. In that new book? In oh. that new book brought to you by Robin's cute ass face. Look at her. She's so fucking cute. She's sleeping. She knows we're doing the podcast. Yep, she goes. She's like another Thursday. She's like these motherfuckers. Drinking and yelling. My mom ain't here. Nope. So, um, can I give you a little history before on, we get into this movie? On what? On this musical before it was made a movie. Come on with it. Come on with it. I'm still thinking of that from Come your asses. Come on with it. Come on that, with it. Bring that baby what? powder. Okay, so this big ass Broadway musical, Dream Girl, the music was by Harry Keeger, who mm-hmm. wrote the music yes. for... Um, the Tap Dance Kid in 1983, and The Side Show in 1997. I've never heard of either one of these, but uh, they were big. Yeah. And even and he even got a Tony nod for The Side Show. So, I mean, it made it to Tony, I mean, Antoinette Perry status. Okay. That's what we called it. For, the Side now. Show? I remember. Isn't that a 70s song? I don't so know. let the side show begin. Hurry, That's hurry. a song. Step right on in. <laughs> the lyrics and the book were by Tom Ian. 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 Mm-hmm. Whatever. And he's uh, writing. He was the writer and director for the show. Um, and a lot of this show started off off Broadway, like we talked about last week. Yes, we did. And he had a lot of off off Broadway shit. But what he is made, it? Off Off Broadway is 50 seats or 99 seats? 99. 99. Wait. To be honest with you, I think 50 is Off Off and 99 is Off. That makes more sense. Yes. I, when Broadway I was a, is usually like three to 500. I sometimes say. more. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, if you get like that big ass theater. But yeah. But yeah. I don't know the name. I've been to a Broadway show and it's roughly like. Three to five hundred. Because when I was listening to last week's episode, I was like, I think we are so wrong. <laughs> when I was listening to it, it's hard to do it when you're drunk, you guys. All, and all they're point. all suggestions. Yes. Um, so he did the lyrics and book, and he don't sue us. Of, we ain't got no money. <laughs> ain't got nothing for you. He was on off off Broadway, but he hit it big with his hit Dream Girls. Okay. Which we are talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um. And he did die of AIDS-related complications in Palm Beach, Florida in 1991 at the mm-hmm. age of 50. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so we lost another one super young. <sighs> and he had this dream of dream girls, which we are... I thought this was... I just felt like it was written by a black person, but it wasn't. Not that I'm just like upset about it, but I just thought... Sure. 
that who would who else would want to write something about this than a black person? But apparently this guy was like very into Motown mm-hmm. and loved this shit. Okay, so the show was... I, feel, I mean, that may happen to me one day. I may do a movie and it's like, this has got to be done by a black man. No, Jason Bellow did it. Oh, not true. Shit. How, not true. How the fuck? But then I'll be there and I'll be like, he was raised by a black man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his sister. We <laughs> what? So let me tell you something, sister. Okay. I know. <laughs> okay, so the show was nominated for 16 Antoinette Perry Awards. I love that you're saying the full <laughs> name now. <laughs> now that I know. 16 of them. Okay. I'm post a fun fact. Fun fact on Instagram. Y'all motherfuckers know what an Antoinette Perry Award is? Because if you don't... It's a Tony, bitch. Tune in Sunday. <laughs> Tony's are this Sunday. This well, Sunday. it'll be last Sunday by the time this airs. Yeah, so congratulations to... Enter name here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> to all the winners. Because you deserve it. The Antoinette Perry Awards. People want them mm-hmm. so bad. They're the Academy Awards of the theater. I would love a Tony. Me too. I can only play Seymour. I'm going to find somebody. to. I don't give a shit. I'm going to find some way to win. Okay. So um, it was nominated for 16, but it won six. Gotcha. Which is still a what, lot. What what uh, what year was this? 82. Okay. Okay. Broadway 82. was... 82. I would say that Broadway was a little more, and by a little, I mean a lot more. What's the proper word? Let's just say they were prejudiced back then. They may have favored others a little bit more. You know, so six out of 16 ain't bad. You want to hear what the six are? Yes. See, maybe maybe that'll change your idea of what you think. Okay, so they won six. One for best book for a musical. Okay. Tom Ian. And Best Choreography, Best Lighting Design, Best Performance by an Actor in a Feature Role in a Musical, The Person Who Played Jimmy, Cleveland Derricks. Okay. Um, Best Performance by a Lead Actor in a Musical, Ben Herney, who played Curtis. And Best Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical, Jennifer Holiday for playing Effie. Yes, yeah, she did. So, you showed me the clips earlier today. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to see this. That like, woman the, these is people. powerful. Yeah. And so they won some pretty big ones. They and did. they were nominated for, I like, mean, it was you know, the three main roles, you mm-hmm. might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jimmy's not... He's one of them. He has a roles. lot of songs. Yeah, he does. He got uh, a lot of songs. And I think it was just more so like there's no denying them. Yeah. This is all assumptions anyway. Yeah. So So some of the stars that came out of all of these this original cast, mm-hmm. like Jennifer Holiday, not to be mistaken with Jennifer Hudson, <laughs> who went on to be she been a, a successful recording artist and you know she made some songs through the 80s and she even won a grammy in 1983 for this song nice so she did a rendition of this song and put it on her album and still won a grammy off of it so this song cannot be touched even will smith is dedicated to singing to this too yes he is in his fresh prince of bel-air so funny one of my fucking favorites. <laughs> and that's a little bit of the history. Well, I got another one, I guess. So this is based on the Supremes, a.k.a. the Diana, Diana Ross and Supremes. Supremes. Yes, it is. Like Dina and the Dreams. Mm-hmm. Same thing. 
The and Supremes and Motown. And, Supremes and Motown. So uh, Curtis Taylor Jr. is based off of the Motown founder, mm-hmm. Barry Gordy. Yes. Who was also worked in the car industry selling carts, just like Curtis. And he also fell in love with one of his lead singers of his big ass a female group, Diana Ross. Yes, did. Just like Dina. Wait, does that mean that Barry Gordy got a kid from somebody else that was in the group? No, I'm that, not gonna. That part is that fiction. part is fiction. Okay. He having an affair because I believe that he was married, and him being with Diana Ross. Sure. Is true, and him going from being a car dealer to being a music business man. <laughs> Is also true. So Effie is based off of Florence Ball. I feel like I'm gonna fuck this up. Baldwin, Baldwin. I think that's it. Florence. Baldwin. She was part of the Supremes. Okay. And she had a way more powerful voice than Diana, than Diana Ross, but was pushed to be singing in the background. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is a big inspiration of the dynamics. Okay. I feel like Jimmy Early is also like a James Brown slash Marvin Gaye type of um, performer because... Possibly. I remember seeing Motown and I think it was Marvin Gaye that was very close to Barry Gordy, at mm-hmm. least according to that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if there was... one of his first was... big stars. Yeah. Yeah. However, Marvin didn't die of a drug overdose like Jimmy did. No, but if he... Hadn't had his life cut short, he probably would have. Maybe. I don't know. And at the same time... Um, and he was known for having a huge drug problem. He was known for having a huge drug problem. But also, uh, he was not artistically shackled the way that Jimmy was. He's not, no. Because yeah. he would have been... wanted a, to do something, he did He would have did... You know, Patience would have been a song that was on his... Mm-hmm. What's going, What's going on? on? Yeah. yeah. Somebody call Marvin Gaye and find out what was really what going was on. What was really going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit. Mm-hmm. And while you figure out what's next, I'm going to make this another round. Oh. I'm going to make me another round. You make you another round. I'm good. So we get to talk about the man who wrote and directed Dreamgirls. Yes. Writer and director, Mr. Bill Condon. So, Bill Condon is responsible for a number of movies. Mm-hmm. Most recently, I kind of have some speculations on this, yeah. but he is the writer of The Greatest Showman. He was the writer He's for it? He's the writer for it, not the director, okay. because at the time, 2017, Beauty and the Beast came out also, and he is the director for that. So I'm wondering what went wrong there. Did you because see he directed Dreamgirls, he directed Chicago, yep. and he wrote Dreamgirls. I don't remember if he wrote Chicago or not, but I'm assuming if he wrote The Greatest Showman, he would have wanted to direct it. Can I? When he says write it, he's not meaning that he really wrote the story. No, no, no screenplay. He turned it into a screenplay. Screenplay. As well as, you know, for people who don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. But yeah, I want to know what uh, what were what went wrong there, man? Because yeah, he is. Oh, and you know what? I'm sorry. Correction. He did not direct Chicago. He wrote Chicago. Oh, okay. So he's also the screenplay writer for Chicago. Well, that was awesome. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Meh. I mean, it wasn't my favorite. Why, you know, 
he uh, not my favorite either, uh, and that's based off of casting choices. Yeah. But I will say that some of the people in the cast, majority of the people in the cast, in Beauty and the Beast were fantastic. They were incredible. Yeah. He is also known for <laughs> directing a couple of the Twilight movies, the Breaking Dawn duo of like one and two i don't know what that means i I don't don't care i mean there's books and like i guess breaking dawn was one of the books and then they broke it into two Uh, movies because you know how studios try and get more money out of you you're telling me i'm still upset how they did that to the hobbit so they just like hunger gamed it yeah basically well they did this before hunger games i know but i don't listen i don't watch twilight people have you know presumptions about twilight and this that and the other my theory is i've seen them i don't hate them they're fine so that's a little bit on uh mr bill condon he's got uh something coming out that i'm very interested in i will say this he's got a couple things coming out one of them is the good liar that's his movie that's in post-production right now so he's still doing his thing he's 55 years old right now i want to say no excuse me he's 63 there's another one. Um, I believe this is a musical. He's doing something called uh, The Song for You, where he's a producer. And he's writing Richard Pryor. Is it something I said? It's still coming? Oh, my God. Development unknown. But he is writing it. Okay. He, maybe he wrote it because we don't know. I don't think anyone's bought it yet. It was supposed to be Miramax, but after they went through a lot of he who rapes them all shit, they kind of like stopped doing a lot of production okay well can so, i tell you who's slated to play richard Pryor? i kind of know but go ahead oh do you know do you know do you know do you know mike epps yes yeah um <laughs> before we move on i got some fun facts about him about bill condon yes okay he was there on opening day of dream girls in new york what? city when he opened on broadway wow how cool is that that's awesome and now full circle this full like wrote the story as a director because he is probably one of our biggest musical directors today right now nowadays yeah like he insisted that jennifer hudson show up late to set every day so that she can get that entitlement in her or something so she would learn how to be a spoiled brat diva like effie was okay because that's not really jennifer hudson no 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 not at all okay and i wonder if he told the cast that or I doubt it I would have told know, the cast directors shit directors be pulling some shit sometimes and they'd be like damn we always waiting on fucking Jennifer Hudson's ass Effie bitch I, I would assume that eventually they would have caught on now that would have been interesting to see the reactions of Eddie Murphy and Beyonce being that they are usually the one in they're center stage yeah you know they're usually the one that the production revolves around I mean so does Jamie Foxx right to a degree He's an Academy Award winner. He's an Academy Award winner, absolutely. But I'm talking about, like... He had won one by then, right? No, maybe not. Did when did Ray come out? I don't remember when it came out. Uh, I don't Ray know came when out came in 2004. Out. So, yeah, so he yes, was a... he had already won his he Oscar. He already would. I mean more so, like, uh, Eddie Murphy's used to it from touring with his yeah. comedy and stuff. He's the only one on stage, yep. you know? Beyonce's used to it being that, Queen you know, B. Destiny's Child and everything that came along yeah. there afterwards. You know, she's used to being, like I said, the one on, in center stage. She's my queen. And in this situation, being that if anybody's going to be late, it would be them. And then all of a sudden, it's this girl. This and it's girl like, they're just, thinking like, she didn't wait a minute. Win American this, Idol. this bitch hasn't done 
anything yet. Anything yet, really. Why is she showing up every... Bill, Mr. Condon, can well, I talk to you for hey, a minute? Hey. This bitch is late every day. Can you explain I'm here it to me? Time because Beyonce is a on time, mm. do her job. She wants the best. Okay. We will practice and practice and practice until it is flawless type of performer. So I can understand that. And she probably might have bothered her because she's like, well, shit, if I could be here on time uh-huh. and I'm Beyonce, mm-hmm. like that. I got a question. Yeah. Is it true that uh, her pops had her like running when she was younger while singing or some shit like that? Yeah. Like they do in like the military and stuff? Yeah. They were... Uh, build up your vocals? You are so correct. Her and the... I can't remember. What was her name before they were Destiny Shot? But mm. when we, also when they were Destiny the Shot, he would make them... <laughs> it's the dreams. It's the dream ads. Okay, so... Um, Y'all gonna do what I tell you now. <laughs> this motherfucker. Exactly. He would have them run around the park, or he would have them run on treadmills and have them sing. Sing the whole time. The whole time, so that they could build up their tolerance to be able to sing and dance. Because if you've never performed before, and you've never sang and danced before, it is one of the hardest motherfucking things to do. <laughs> to sound good and dance good at the same exact time is so hard. And when you're doing it for... You know, an hour and a half to two hours. That's fucking, that's, that's a insane. lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot for especially young people to do. That's why, you know, people, a lot of people think she lip sings is because she sounds so flawless, but mm. she's getting in with all these fucking moves that the rest of us would be winded doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shit. Yes. I can't do two miles nowadays. Well, uh, before we jump into this cast, we do have to uh, talk about some people that make some quick cameos yep <laughs> we got some guest stars we got some guest stars that are very quick and you won't really notice them if you blink first and foremost uh i guess we could talk about john krasinski yes he's very AKA famous now jim halpert i knew who he was yeah. when i saw it though did you yeah because okay oh because because the office was you out. watched the office mm-hmm. i didn't watch the office but he plays Sam Walsh. Yeah. Who is the you know hotshot director, right? Or uh, writer. He's the writer like that. for some like which sounds like a gritty, like Pam Greer sure. Girl yeah. in Cages movie, like mm-hmm. we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and right Jackie sitting Brown. right next to him is John Lithgow. Yep. Who is he's the director. He's the director. Yeah. That's why he's like, you think he's, he's going to let this, you out? He's got this, like, 70s art, artsy fucking director <laughs> look to him. like, a long, He's like, got a perm and perm, shit. Perm, like, mullet thing going on because he's bald. <laughs> so say we do decide to get in bed with you on this. Will Curtis even let you do it? I hear he's got you on a pretty tight leash. Um, also, my dude, Jaleel White is in here for a quick minute. A.K.A. Did I do that? Mr. Steve Urkel. <laughs> A.K.A. Stefan Arkell. Oh, he will always and forever be. He was be. looking fine in this movie, too. <laughs> hey, he did a good job, but he's only in there. If you blink, if you refill your drink, you miss him. He's like, you go on after Tiny. Uh-huh. Like, who's Tiny? That's this fat-ass dude. <laughs> okay, I'll put you on last. Right after Tiny Joe Dixon. Breathing heavy, walking down the stairs. Looking like a giant uh, like, BB King. Yeah. Like, Ooh, shit. Tiny, my ass. <laughs> nothing about that man is tiny. Yeah, nothing. And uh, lastly, we should uh, mention Miss Yvette Nicole Brown. So she plays Curtis's secretary. But if you don't know, 
Yvette Nicole Brown is in a number of things now. So this was back in 2004. Since then, she was on a Community for like five years. She yeah. just recently was in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, my girl, uh, like Jennifer Hudson, was big early in her career, and now she's dropped a lot. She is. And her casting has changed. She is a huge fan of The mm-hmm. Walking Dead. And is a is frequent guest on the Talking Dead. So, yeah, I love okay. her. She's... Oh, so you do know her? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I know her from Community. Yeah, she's okay. great. She's gorgeous. You. You're right. She did, like, slim down and made her look more, I guess. Sure. Whatever. She was still hot no matter what. She played another assistant, too, in another movie. Hmm. Uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> she's Peck's assistant. Really? Yeah. Uh, Peck is, uh, what's his name? Um, McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that's right. He's the Asian dude. Yeah. Um, you're missing someone else. Am I missing somebody? Come on with it. Who am I? That baby powder. Shit. Uh, Dwayne Lewis. Dwayne Lewis. That's her name. Early's wife. Jimmy Early's wife. Oh. From different different world. Yeah, I forgot. My fault. Yeah, you're right. She has no speaking part, but she, she does her face is but like I'm a is beat unmistakable. Ass. <laughs> yes, I do remember her from yeah. a, a different world. Mm. It's a different so she's world. in there a little while. Then where you come from? Mm. <laughs> so, like we said, uh, there's a number of people in this that we've talked about. We've talked about Eddie Murphy. We've have we? About... I feel like we haven't said anything about Eddie Murphy Who's at Eddie all Murphy? in this entire show <laughs> ever. We don't know anything about him. We've talked about him. We've talked about Danny Glover. We've yeah. talked about Keith Robinson. We've talked about uh, the lovely, what is her name? Who's Keith? Oh, Cece? Keith, oh, yeah, uh, Cece. Yes, Sharon Leal. So we can start with her. So if you want to learn more about her, check out our This Christmas episode this where we go into Christmas. detail about her sexy self. Ho, ho, My ho. Goodness, she's still gorgeous. She is. Absolutely lovely, lovely woman. I'm just getting into this business. Mm-hmm. This is between all of you. This is between all of you. This is none of my affairs. In this movie, she plays Michelle. Affair. So she is Effie's replacement. Yeah, they did her dirty. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's her that like rifles through the crowd to become yeah. Curtis's secretary. secretary. He's like, what the hell is this? Hell is this? <laughs> these, these press on nails. Pop these shits off. Pop that shit off. Let me in the door. I need someone who can type. <laughs> yeah, that's her. I can type. Oh, you're sexy. Get over here. So that means that she had been watching the show mm-hmm. because she's the secretary. She knew the songs, basically, kind of what she was yeah. supposed to do. and I'll bet you, you know. She'd been singing in the office, exactly. trying to you know, get him to notice her. Exactly. And he's like, shit, I need somebody to take this bitch's spot, because she gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, opportunity knocked. Effie was being a little diva. I mean, it worked for her. She got to uh, date Cece, mm-hmm. or Miriam, or whatever they fucking did. Did they? I don't know. They were together. Michelle? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that part. She's... She's with Cece. You know, like, that's her girl, right? His girl, right? No, I thought that she was messing around with Curtis. No. Oh, my fault? No, 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 no. She, I only saw it three times. <laughs> she is uh, Cece's girlfriend when she comes in. Okay. Um, You know, when they're sitting there, she's helping him write the song Patience, and she's telling him, like, you know, I'm oh, I'm upset right. because my brother is out of war, and in a yeah. war I don't believe in. You're right, you're and right. And then, like, when Cece finally decides that he mm-hmm. wants to leave, he's like... 
Yo, Michelle, Cece can leave. Michelle, Cece can quit. You can't. But you can't because you can't. you're on contract. Yeah, you're under contract. And so, I mean, technically he is too. That's how he's able to steal Cece's music. music. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they were together. That was his, eventually, that ends up being his bae. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. In my mind, you know, the way that I saw it, I always figured Curtis got at her first. He just hit all the bitches? He probably did. Yeah, I mean, the way that he's portrayed, (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He just laid off of... And they accuse her of it, too, in the song. Yeah, how much did you put out to get in? Uh Uh-huh. Now you watch your mouth, watch your mouth, Miss Effie White. Cause I won't take that talk from no second rate diva who can't sustain. That's my part. I love that song. Every we all got pain. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, I liked her. I she thought she did a great job. job. I love that at the end they have this moment of mutual respect. And there's no bad feelings between the two of them, between Effie and Michelle. You know. Because, well, yeah, because you know, hey, bitch, they were gonna kick y'all. It's gonna be somebody. Yeah. They gonna exactly. be somebody. If it wasn't me. It was gonna be somebody else. Um, and since we're on previous actors in this Christmas, we might as well talk about Keith Robinson. This Christmas, <laughs> or, <laughs> we're also in the same exact movie together that yes, we already were. talked about during December. I don't really have anything about him. I loved his portrayal. Mm-hmm. Keith Robinson plays Cece. So he plays Effie's brother. He is the songwriter. My man can sing. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, they gave him the opportunity to sing in this as well. Yeah. You know? So after she has her little breakdown when they tell her, you know, that Dina's going to sing lead, and it's like, oh, hell no. I just sang back up for Jimmy for so many. Yep. Years now, you want me to sing back up for Dina? What the fuck is going on How here? How you doing that? I like his character and I don't like his character because that's I, family. You know, you you don't. Gently, I would have went out on a big limb and be like, "Well, if she goes, yeah, absolutely, that means I'm going." I mean, me and Selena do not see eye to eye on yeah. a lot of things, mm-hmm. but if me and her are in something and we go into something together, I don't give a fuck who it is. Yeah. If she's going, I'm going. Yeah. Or I would have made a better deal. I wouldn't have been behind her back. I would have been like, they're talking about getting rid of you, girl. Yeah, absolutely. Shit. You need to either get your shit together or figure out an exit plan. And you should be able to pick up on this shit. Curtis may be dating Cece, or they're like, or or, excuse me, uh, Effie. Effie. They're together. But if Cece's in the office and he's hearing all this shit and he sees what is unfolding as her brother, it's his job to tell her. If you're going to kick... My sister out of the group. That means me and my songs are going too. Mm-hmm. Or you, we can. I can write songs for them, but you're signing my sister. To yeah, a contract there's there's so an addendum that has to transpire. Like I get it. You know, Do you my sister Effie is a diva. She's difficult. This, that, and the other. But she got a time. voice like nobody. She got a voice in the like no world. other. And she's my sister. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't know you. I met you five years ago. Yeah. I st- I gotta like, we share parents. Uh-huh. So like, She's probably changed my diapers. Do you think he knew about the baby? No. Wait, Cece? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think he did. I don't. Well, in the story, she didn't tell anybody. I mean, we kind of have to see the stage show now. Yeah. I don't know. You never know if something could have been taken out because really, the way that they really, set really, it up is that she didn't tell anybody. I really, but you're telling me that 
he calls his dad and he don't tell him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I mean, saying. don't get me wrong. Too, when it's like eight, you. nine years later, he should have. Yes, absolutely. By the time known. she had the baby, it's like he, he would have known as soon as she had the baby. Yeah, and then I would have been like, if they're any Curtis, kind of family. You need to send them money or you need to sign her up so that she yeah, can... Yeah, there's no it. way that that secret could have been kept for saying. nine years if Cece was working side by side with Curtis. That's what I'm saying. Even if... Cece would have found out, if not from Effie, from... His dad. Her, her dad. Yeah. Their dad. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because he's sending... He has... You Unless Cece is not calling his dad, which mm-hmm. that's fucked. And that means that he's just sending money just to send money because I got it. Mm-hmm. And not like... All right, Effie, this money is not for you. This is for magic. Mm. This is for the baby, not you. You don't have to have this money. You can put it in a bank account until she's whatever and she can have it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell her that it came from her fucking uncle. I don't give a shit. Maybe it is like that. See, now we got to go see the... Now we got to go see... Now we got to go see Pantages, please bring dream girls. Yeah. I want to see it. And cast Zenobia, Lacey. Mm. Who would you play? I don't know because I can't sing like Effie. Mm. And I can't sing like Dina... Maybe... What's her name? Um, well, she's next Loretta. on the list anyway. Is that her name? Her name is Annika. Annika Noni. Oh, no. I was, I was thinking <laughs> of like her other... Yeah, uh, her full name, her full stage name, name is Annika Noni Rose. Yes. That's a nice name. She's a gorgeous girl. She's beautiful. In my opinion, she might be the prettiest one. It's hard. She's cute. It's hard out here for a pimp because these she's bitches are all beautiful. Thing. Yeah, they are. They are all absolutely lovely. So, <laughs> can I give you a little fun fact about Annika? Yes, I know what you're gonna say. She is an Antoinette Perry Award winner. Yes, she is. Not what I thought you were gonna say, but yeah. For oh yeah yeah yeah, I'm gonna get to that. But we go since it's Tony month for the Caroline or Change. I've never heard of this. I haven't but either. It looked like it's a black place, so I'm going to read it. So I can see what, where I need to be at. Okay. And she was nominated for a Broadway award for the review of A Raisin in the Sun, which is one of my also one of my favorite plays. But obviously in 2009, she became Princess <laughs> Tiana. Princess Tiana. And Princess and the Frog, Disney's first black princess ever. And <laughs> she was the first hand-drawn animated movie since... Lion King was hand-drawn. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Lion King. Whatever, before Toy Story. After Toy Story, they stopped drawing them. Ah, so okay. that was the first one going back to old school with the princess. I got you. And she was inducted and named a Disney legend nice. in 2010. I love it. So she is a legend alongside of the beautiful Julie Andrews. So Annika is the, what would you call her? Would you call her the third Dream girl, I mean, she plays Laurel. Yeah. Um, she is the youngest dream girl. She's an original dream girl. She's an original. She's one of the original three, along mm-hmm. with Effie and Dina. Yeah. And she is the starry-eyed little girl. Did you hear what I said, Dina? I am a woman now. I'm a woman now. I'm a woman now. She's I love like- me some Jimmy, but I don't want me singing behind him. She's like, did you see the guy Curtis was talking to? Did you hear me? She's like, yes. <laughs> I do love where CC walks in. And he's like, are you guys decent? And she's like, well, I am. I can't speak for these two. But I can't speak for these two. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that part, too. Yeah, because they, they're both 
sprung on these men. Got that. Effie, Effie sprung on uh, Curtis, Curtis and Laurel's sprung on uh, Jimmy. On Jimmy's ass. And you know, they were sprung on that dick. That's all <laughs> they could talk about was that D. Laying it down. Yeah. And Jimmy Jimmy sees her immediately. He's like, he's, ooh. Like, he got zones me on in. What can I do for you? Exactly what would you like Jimmy to do for you, baby? <laughs> um, you could just like uh, sh show us the song. <laughs> she's, I don't know if she's doing that on purpose and she's like gassing them up a little bit or if she's really just that starstruck and that Oh, she's much. that starstruck. She's that starstruck? Oh, yeah. Because at the same time, she goes to the back of the... Um, travel bus to go talk to she, Jimmy but that was like, when they're on the road to the next show. That was like a month after. No. He's because he literally says, he's like, after like she shuts him down, yes. she's like, uh-huh. So it's going to take two weeks. All right. So that was a week. So she was feeling herself. She's she was like, feeling herself. She was feeling she's brave. She's a teenager. Her uh, he nanny, her. whatever she was, was she's passed, passed the fuck out. out. <laughs> you know, she was feeling herself. She's like, oh my God. I'm this Jimmy wants to talk to he me. He wants to talk to me. I can listen to him on the fucking radio. But, but he's married. Like, nothing. I know. She was a cock tease there. But I yeah, mean, for sure. She's like 16, 17. Mm -hmm. If anything, he's the gross dude. She's fucking teenagers. For sure. <laughs> but you know back then they didn't give a fuck they didn't give a fuck they didn't give a fuck she's so cute she's really really cute and technically she is even though she plays the youngest she's actually uh, the oldest of the three yes between her Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson can I give you a fun fact about the dream girls give me yeah. a fun fact about the dream girls so Jennifer Hudson is 5'9 Beyonce is 5'7 Annika, Annika Noe Rose is 5'2". Mm -hmm. So she had to wear six-inch heels while she was performing. I don't think she's 5'2". You think she's like 5'8"? I think so, yeah. Because even with six-inch heels, she is smaller than both of them by some distance. That's true. And if Beyonce but is listed as 5'6 and a half, that's only four and a half inches. She's 7'. 5'7". They're also wearing heels. They are also wearing heels, but maybe like two inch heels. Jennifer Hudson, yes, which mm -hmm. is something I did notice mm -hmm. um, when you look down at their shoes. Sure. They are all on different sizes, okay. like limbs. And Effie is always wearing flats or she is wearing very small heels. Mm -hmm. and Beyonce would probably be in like the medium range. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is like, like I said, 16, six inches. Six so she's inches. like on her fucking tippy toes running around. Behind these two. So it made it like semi-even. Semi. Kinda. So it wouldn't be still... so drastic in between all three of the levels. Sure. So yeah. I, I think she cool. embellished a little bit. I would say she's 5'1". She's 46? My goodness, she looks good. Because black don't crack, bitch. <laughs> true. Stay out of the sun. Stay out of the sun. That's what or get you. melanin in your fucking skin. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about... Some of these people that we've already talked about, such as Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. I like him. I think he does a good, good job in this one. He does as an old manager. Was his name like Mark or? Is that what his name is, Mark? I can't remember. Marty. Uh, Marty. Marty. He's that guy that's probably been in this business forever. You know, he doesn't. Danny really Glover let... has been in this business forever. I know, but he's playing in this movie as if. He's been in 
the music business yeah. forever. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Like, nothing really, like, raises his uh, blood pressure. Except yeah. getting, like, fired. Even then. Like, he gets mad, but he doesn't, like, speak any louder. He doesn't get any, like, physically do anything. That's true. You know? Even when uh, Jimmy is, like, being the energetic, crazy, like, artist and, like, talking about all these, like, situations that he needs from Marty, I need you to do this. Marty, I need you to do that. And he's like, you know, why do you need me to do these things? Because I keep your ass working because I'm Marty. Don't forget, you need me. This is one of those movies that I enjoyed watching him because he's not playing the bad guy. (laughs) He's been playing the bad guy a number of times recently, and it was very refreshing to see him play a good dude. Yeah, because he gives Effie a chance. He gives Effie a chance. And I love when he's like, you know what I say? Like, this is the bottom. This is the it. Bitch, this is it. Like, I ain't got nowhere else to show and you. she's still, she's still being difficult. Marty told me y'all was in need of a singer. I was like, uh, that's not what I said. <laughs> no. Let me well, clear the tension here. That's not what I said. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember his name. Jack. Something like that. I even got the time. Yeah. (laughs) And they're obviously friends. Uh And he's like, come on, do me this favor. But he's right. Yeah, he's asking for a favor. He's right. Like, you do need to pay your dues like the rest of us and go Mm -hmm. out there and prove yourself. But Mm -hmm. then again, it's like, all I have to do is sing, and that's me proving myself. Like, all she has to do is just shut up. I would just not say anything to anyone and just sing. Mm -hmm. Because your voice is literally what got her the job. He wouldn't have gave her a job if she was like an okay singer. No. He'd be like, I don't even I don't even want to waste money on it. Yeah. It's because her voice is so beautiful and perfect and mm-hmm. special, like Cece says. Mm-hmm. You can't deny it. Can't deny because it. throwing it away is like throwing away a lottery ticket. Yeah. Even yeah. if that lottery ticket does drag you through the mud yeah. every once in a while and pisses you off to no end. But um frustrating. Sometimes. I know that you were it's like a little upset about girl. You just shut up and sing. Stop getting in your own way. She, she get was. that's the thing. She gets in her own way. Yeah. But I think that she just didn't know. It's different when we look at it because we're in a world where we know what it's like, you know, how business the business works. Mm-hmm. That was a time where they could tell you anything and it's not gonna be what they promise you. That's true. You know, I promise I'm going to make you guys your own act, but the person who pretty much made this act from the beginning, mm-hmm. we're going to put you in the back because you're too big, you're too loud, and we want this pale skin, which is not necessarily true because the original cast, Dina, is darker. She is played by, did I not write it down? Because I feel real dumb now. Beyonce? No, on the stage. And she's oh, on dark. stage. Okay. Yeah. And she's a dark person so mm. it's not necessarily the color it's just that she was skinnier and like he says in the movie your voice has nothing to it except what i give to it mm. you got nothing to it your music your voice is just good and pretty that i can pretty much what makes you famous is the shit i add to it yeah and he couldn't do that to Abby because what makes her voice good is her mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like the reciprocals mm-hmm. of the two People want to look at Dina, but they want to hear Effie, which is pretty fucked up on both spectrums because Dina's voice is not bad. It's very good. Yeah. It's nowhere near Effie's voice. However, at the same time, 
Effie is not ugly. No. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. She's thick. She's just, yeah, she's a thick girl. Yeah. Fucking Curtis, fucking with both of their brains. Yeah, and that's also, <sighs> you got to remember that by the time they broke up, mm-hmm. Effie's probably like 20, 21. Barely. That's what I'm saying. So her being like, man, she's a teenager. Yeah, she's a kid. They're all kids. It's a damn shame. Yeah, so, I mean, she might have been self-centered, but when you were 18, you can't tell me you weren't like that at some point. Especially if you were like, had money and you Mm -hmm. had like a career where you're like, fuck yeah, I'm the shit. Mm -hmm. She just got kind of lost up in the game. She got all Justin Bieber down. (laughs) Yeah, and she's only, you know, because they start and I believe it's like, 16, 17, 18. Like, that's their age. Is that what their ages are? I'm pretty sure that's what their ages are, is that they're like, yeah, okay. you know, maybe, makes sense. Yeah, they're like 16, Somewhere 17, 18. There. So we'll, we've been doing it for like five years because we were like 12 or whatever. Thinking back to the Motown uh, musical, I think that's kind of how they depicted them as well. They were babies. Schoolgirls, mm-hmm. and they introduced themselves. I mean, Beyonce is like, I couldn't leave until my mama went to sleep. That's why mm. we late. It's because my mama wouldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. If you were 20-something, you'd be like, deuces, mama, I got to go do a talent show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not when you're 16, 17, 18. You no. got to sneak out the window. Yeah. Like she did. I got you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mr. Eddie Murphy for a minute there. Who? I've Eddie never, Murphy. I've never heard of this man. I don't. I, I, let me educate you on Eddie Murphy. I've never heard. Is he a movie star? If you want to learn more about Eddie Murphy, go see any of our other episodes. Every episode we've ever done. No, I'm just joking. Go Shit. see our Harlem Coming Nights, to America, our Coming Nights, to America, Life, Life, and now this one. And now this one. Is that all of them? It's four. That's it? That's it? Trust me, we're going to do all of them. Shit. Except maybe Vampire in Brooklyn. I got a fun fact. What? This was Eddie Murphy's first movie back with Paramount mm. since Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Well, in this particular movie, he plays Jimmy. And Jimmy, shit. I Jimmy likes to party. Got me a Cadillac. All the time. Got Jimmy me a likes to party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. <laughs> yes, he does. So, uh, Jimmy is the main act. He is the one whom the Dreamettes, as they are originally known, come to sing backup for. And he is already a star. You know, they write him as a star immediately. Yep. And I, I love the way he bitches about the chicken sandwich. <laughs> Man, how many times I got to tell you? No mayonnaise on the chicken sandwich. He's, he yeah. throws that G chicken in there. and it's, it's so good just sandwich. with that little letter. <laughs> I'm like, just going to call go. it Sandwich from now on. Come on, let's go get this money, man. Let's go get this money. <laughs> and then he sees the girls and he's like, oh, I think three will do just, just fine. fine. I only yeah. work with two. Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. Get more variety. Yeah. You got Annika. You got Beyonce. You got Jennifer Hudson up there. Shit. Shit. I want to be the meat and that sandwich. Ugh. <laughs> meat and cheese. Meat and cheese. Um, so, Jimmy, fuck. He breaks my heart, man. He really does. He he depicts Eddie Murphy depicts this character very very well. He plays his young, energetic, on top of the world musician self. Uh, he he's like he's the Bruno Mars of that time, basically. I and see him then, as a James Brown. Sure. He'd be fainting. Yeah. And he's just like extra. You yeah. can't really tell him nothing because no. 
He's James Brown. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I see him. him. Yeah. What are, you, what are you gonna tell him? Yeah. And, I mean, they didn't tell James I mean, they, shit either. They tried, I mean, they didn't try James Brown, but I mean, like, they tried. Try and tell James something. James, you got a problem here. It's a bad idea, bad. Like, I don't know what he said, but I think hey, that's good. He was upset. But, so he goes through the typical rise fast, burnout quickly. I don't know. He, I feel like situation. he made it to. He made it a while. The 70s. You know, he didn't die at 27 like all these legendary people do. No. But it's just sad to see him. Like, especially after. Uh, I love the way, and I hate the way at the same time, the way Curtis knocks their song. What is it called again? Promise? Move? Oh, oh, you're talking about Patience? Patience. You know, because that's one of these songs that. Jimmy puts his heart into that he hasn't he's been looking for a sound for a long time and he finally found something that he's passionate about and that he's excited about and Curtis isn't going to produce it and I think it's dumb it is because but Curtis sees gonna, them as a product I see that but then you should look around and if it was like in the real time then you would see that there's people like Marvin Gaye who are making mm-hmm. what's going on and they're becoming huge massive hits and anthems that you know, like, but if I recall correctly, people, I believe just, Barry Gordy had a problem with Marvin Gaye doing those songs as this well. This is also true. Yeah, because he needed it like black enough for black people, but just enough white for white people. Coffee with a little bit of cream. Yep, and mm-hmm. just like they do when they go to Miami and they do the the concert there, mm-hmm. the girls are wearing straight light colored wigs not their little dark bobs that they've been wearing yeah he's even like dressed down he has to keep his moves down she they have to keep their moves down yep and then he's just like fuck it man i'm no, jimmy this isn't me i can't do it and i love the way he scares the white people out of them he's like i want you and the lady's like oh, oh my god yeah she sure jumps out of her seat she she's like, like whispers to her husband Dear, like we need to leave let's get the, this negro is singing to me i need to go and the waiter i love it dude the black waiter has he's looking this way like away from camera but you can tell he is smiling and laughing his ass off as he cleans up the table he's like jimmy made these white folks leave the fucking house i can't wait till i get back to the head to tell everybody jimmy early he was out there and at first he started off real whitewash but then he got into his jimmy shit Uh uh-huh scared these white people right out of that building you don't even know they were running for the hills Um, can I give you a fun fact yes. about that scene? Yes. So the jokes that are told in the Miami nightclub Ooh, scene. Ooh, those fucking jokes. Those very racist, very non-funny jokes uh-huh. are real. And they came from Don Rick- Rickles. Don Rickles. His album, Hello Dummy. And those were taken verbatim out of his album. Wow. So, yeah. A Negro, if he had enough money, could move into my neighborhood. You, not a chance. That was comedy back then. 19, what did I say? 68. That's 1968 comedy. 1968 comedy. Yeah. He's talking to like some Latino guy. He's like that. You, a black guy, if he had money, enough money, he could be in my neighborhood. But you, no way. Like something like that. Yeah, he makes that kind of fucking joke. You're like, (laughs) and everybody in the crowd is laughing. Except the dude is getting made fun of because he's Except not white. Except the getting made fun of. <laughs> well, hey, there's two people that aren't laughing. Or is the Jewish guy laughing? 
I don't know. I don't remember if the Jewish guy's laughing. The waiter's not fucking laughing. Well, of course not. He's like this dumbass the racist. musicians like, backstage are not fucking laughing. They're not laughing. No. Mm. See, now you got me upset. The 60s was some fucked up times for our people. That's what I think uh, of, uh, what is it, Men in Black 3, where he like goes back in time. Yeah. And the guy's like, um, you, remember, you're going back to the 60s. If I remember correctly, that wasn't too good for your people. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. I always say mm-hmm. if I had a time machine, I'd only go back if I could change my color. Because I wouldn't be able to have full fun if I went in any time period. I get that. <laughs> Ashley talks about that. She's like, her favorite time was the uh, 1920s. But at the same time, she's like, I don't know if I would go back. No, don't go back, girl. Asian girl, I don't know. Don't go back. (laughs) Uh -uh. Um, One of the most memorable scenes in this whole movie for me is after Curtis shuts down their song. Are you talking about the look? Yes. (laughs) Eddie Murphy does not see a fucking word. He says he, so many words. He says um, with those eyes. So many words. He's like, literally, I see, nigga, leave me the fuck alone right now. I also see like you got to be fucking kidding me if you think you'll come at me with some bullshit like it's Christmas. Get the fuck out! Like all of this is like said through his fucking eyes. See what I see is I don't give a fuck if you guys are here or not. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm an addict. Yeah. And. For those of you who uh, haven't seen the movie, first of all, go watch the movie and then come listen to us. Burr, burr, burr. But uh, Eddie Murphy has just been told that Curtis is not going to produce their song that they've been working so hard on. And his shirt is ugly. And his shirt is ugly. I don't Talking think it's ugly. Shirt. I don't think so either. He's got like that the, jean jacket on. With the studs. Which is reminiscent of the jean jacket that Marvin Gaye wears on one of his albums. So maybe they are talking about him. That's what I'm saying. I feel like towards that part, he's Mm -hmm. more Marvin Gaye than... I'll buy that. James Brown. Uh, But uh, he sits down and he's there. He's with uh, Laurel. He's with Cece. He's with Michelle. Literally everybody. It's Christmas. (laughs) You know, they're supposed to be having a good time. But at this point, Eddie Murphy or Jimmy, who is a heroin addict needs a fix because he's stressed the fuck out. He can't handle life anymore. Is he smelling smoking weed on the bus? I don't know. Because one, he's like blowing it out the window, which cigarette smokers didn't really do that back then because they didn't give two shits. They thought smoking was healthy. Maybe. I don't and know. I feel like he's, I don't know, because then I feel like that's like a start, like he went from reefer, which doesn't necessarily make you go to fucking heroin. Sure. But I thought that maybe that. Was... I'm not sure. But, uh... Eddie Murphy does this very, very smoothly because it's widely known that Eddie Murphy was a heroin user in his younger days. And I have so much respect for him to do this after being a heroin user for so many, you know, however long he was doing it. Because to revisit something like that after you've quit, that's got to be a hard fucking thing to do. Yeah, but it's not as an intense seen as being like let's just say that he was fucking pookie and new jack and he had to actually do something that was like real dirty i mean he does it to the degree that's what i'm saying because he is a great fantastic actor he is a great i mean it's harder to do like we said millions of times it's harder to do comedy than it is to do drama Mm -hmm. so it's easy for him to like dive into it but it was only for like that one scene 
That one scene, yes. And that one scene was but fantastic. But to watch him go through the foil, unfold the foil, everything, yeah. to start rolling up his sleeves and not miss a beat. Like, you see it and you see that this is probably the way he used to do it yeah. when he actually was doing heroin. Yeah. You know? And what I see when he looks up at CC is... It doesn't matter what the fuck you say. I'm going to do this. You can sit there you and can, watch yeah, me do you it. You can sit there and watch me do it. Or you can get the fuck out with the, the girls. Out. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But that look, though. I know. That's one of my favorite parts. That's the only part where he stops doing what he's doing. Because he's got his thing out. He's getting ready. He's rolling up his sleeves. Then he stops and he looks at him. He's like, are you going to say it? Are you going to go? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm about to fucking do this. No matter what, this I'm is fucking high. happening. I'm getting high. Try and stop me. That's another thing. He's looking at him like, try and fucking stop me. Bring it. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. Can I give hey, you a fun don't, fact? Don't try and stop an addict when they're about to take their medicine. I try to stay away from addicts minus potheads. Cause that I, is one of the most dangerous times. Yeah. Um, I got a fun fact. Mm. So in the Broadway show, Jimmy gets kicked out of the band. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't OD. That was added for the movie. Interesting. Does he pass away in the... No, he gets fired and you never hear from him again. That's too bad. I kind of like this version of it. I do too. Because... It's more real. Yeah, if anything the music business has taught us is that you're going to do too much drugs and you're going to (laughs) die. That's like how a lot of our greats have went out the same exact way that or they're getting shot on the like doing a drive-by or some shit like that like that's how our people go out yeah just like nipsey Hussle, man he's just another mm-hmm. one that he didn't od but he got shot on the fucking street like he's tupac or fucking biggie mm-hmm. so i kind of like that i know that rashad my our brother was upset that he had od'd which was i made him watch it on friday okay. for the very first time as well Making both my brothers watch shit. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> um, yeah, and he wasn't up, wasn't too happy with that. And I told him I was like, I like it because it's that's it's unapologetic. Real. Yeah, you already I saw it an coming. Unapologetic movie. No, you already saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I would be mad if he just disappeared and we never heard from him. Again. Yeah, and he does everything that an addict does. An addict is a liar. They are sometimes at the highest of highs. And sometimes they are at the lowest of lows. And the slightest thing can set them off. Like uh, earlier in the movie, or not too much earlier in the movie, but he's talking about how his wife, you know, I was doing fine. I know, baby, I know I said that I was going to stay clean for the show tonight. But then my wife, you know, she was kept down in her party dress. Yeah. In her party dress. And so, you know, yep. I needed to do this in order to mellow myself out. And it's like, Smoke you a don't, joint, dude. you know, it's just life. Take a shot and but get on fucking Addicts like become dependent. I know. You know? And at the same time, he is singing to his wife. And at the I same time, he is singing to Laurel. You know mm-hmm. I never meant to say goodbye. Dude. You are the only one I ever know. And in my he life. He probably does love Laurel. Nah, he should have just divorced his wife and just been with more. her. I think she would have put up with him a lot longer with just the drugs if he would have got rid of the wife. Probably. <laughs> probably. Because then she would have felt like, well, you know, I need to. Yeah. But she probably could have got him off of it if it was just him and her. Yeah. But he's stuck but how much this... time does he spend with his wife? 
Very and little. how much time does she stress him out? I don't know. You know? Yeah. But Fucking dog. This is all... Fake characters. Hypothesis. Yep. Uh, we have not talked about this, man. Is it Jamie Foxx? It is Jamie Foxx. Mr. Fox. I love her because she got her own. Ooh, I do love the song. <laughs> <laughs> she got her own. Mm-hmm. Him and, what was that? Him and Neil? Mm-hmm. She don't leave mine. She say leave yours alone. There's a remake there that's really good to that. nothing that's more sexy than a girl who wants but don't need me. Dude, Jamie Foxx. Jamie yeah, motherfucking Foxx. This yeah, man is as talented as anybody we've talked about on this podcast. He is a triple motherfucking threat. Dude. He can sing. He can sing. He's won Grammys. He's won Grammys. He can act. He can act. He's won asshole. Oscar. He's won an Oscar. Yeah. He can dance. He's a great comedian. Yes. He I was, is... I was hoping you were talking about that. My, oh, yeah. My dude. Can sing. He yeah. can dance. He can act his ass he is off. A he pianist. is a great comedian. He is a musician. He can. He's a classical imitate pianist. people so well. Very well. And he's an athlete at the same time. Any given fucking Sunday, which I can't wait mm-hmm. to do. You know what I found out? On any given Sunday. Speaking of, I found out that he was supposed to play Slim in the wood, but he had to turn it down because he was doing any given Sunday. I read that, and I'm mm-hmm. glad he turned it down because not that Anything. I don't love the wood because the wood is one of my fucking favorite hood classes, mm-hmm. but I love any given Sunday, mm-hmm. and he I'm mixed it. the entire time I've been in the pros. And Willie Beeman. <laughs> Willie Beeman. All the ladies, they be screaming. <laughs> I love it. That's so, terrible. Jamie Foxx started playing the piano when he was three. Mm-hmm. Getting lessons from his granny, grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to an art school, which I did not write down. It says he attended, and there was literally nothing here. <laughs> but I do know he attended a musical art school or some art school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I have a fun fact for you. That he was born Eric Marlon Bishop. Eric? Where we get Jamie Foxx from? Oh. Sounds way sexier. I'm glad you changed it. Eric. Could have been Eric Bishop. Eric Bishop. That still sounds like pretty good. It's but not it sounds bad. Like, sounds but like a white guy, though. Jamie Foxx, though. Eric Bishop sounds like a white dude. He changed it way back when because we he don't was know. Jamie Foxx on In Living Color. Yeah. And he was Jamie Foxx on the Jamie Foxx show. On the Jamie Foxx show. <laughs> Can I give you... Um, he was considered <laughs> to play the role of... Ordell Roby and Jackie Brown. Really? Yep. Which was played, which you should know if you haven't listened to our Jackie Brown episode that was a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Get on it by Samuel motherfucking Jackson. I could see him in that. I can see that. Yeah. He was also considered for uh, Jerry Maguire. I did see that as yeah, well. Yeah, Cuba got that one, which could have gone either way. It got it him his really Oscar. really could have. Cuba and Jamie are both great actors. I don't think they would have gone wrong either way. And uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is a hell of an athlete. Yep. So is Jamie Foxx. However, Jamie Foxx was a quarterback in high school, which is probably one of the reasons why he got uh, any given Sunday. What? You give me a look. C- Cuba wasn't a quarterback? I don't know if he was a quarterback. I just know that Jamie was. Because he makes the touchdown and they flip him. Remember what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean in the in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Well, he's not a quarterback. He's a, a running. He's not a running back. He's a wide receiver. Oh, uh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. But yeah, in yeah. any given Sunday, Jamie Foxx is a quarterback. He is. 
and Willie Beeman. Willie Beeman. <laughs> and I'm lady. As a quarterback, that's not something that you can teach in pre-production. You know, you can't just take three months and all of a sudden you know how to throw a football. I mean, you can to a degree, but once you've practiced, there's a certain part of your movement. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I don't like is watching a sports movie and seeing somebody who is portraying a pitcher or a quarterback or something of that nature and they're not doing it right. It's like a cut or off. a basketball player and all of a sudden they're taking a jump shot but their elbows are way outside like this. It's like I totally understand because me being a track athlete, mm-hmm. I do you hate know. seeing people who can't yeah. run. Athletes can tell when somebody's not an athlete. Yeah, especially if they do hurdles because that was my sport. I'm like, you are so wrong. Uh-huh. You're not even close. Yeah, exactly. And so Did you I, want one? No, I'm good. Shit, I'm still on this one. Come on, I'll put a little extra and I'll nope. top you off. Nope, 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 nope. I'm behaving myself. Burn, burn, burn. See, unlike you, I get wrinkles. Get Black it. don't crack. <laughs> Black don't crack. I got auditions. If you see my mom, you'd be like, oh, gotta, you got nothing to worry no. about. Well, Jamie Foxx plays Curtis in this one, and my goodness, he is the most charismatic, charming, handsome snake you've ever met. He's a cold-hearted snake. He really is. And it starts immediately. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he really is attracted to Effie. Uh, but, like, the first thing that he says to any of them is to her when they're arguing about the wigs. And what does he say? She's a stolen cold fox or something like that? Yeah. And she humors the idea immediately. Like, she's not scared of Ooh, men Effie? at all. Oh, hell no. no. She Effie is like me. Like, you gotta go... Uh-huh. You have to she's not afraid. I'm not afraid to of get you. get close. I'll get dirty with you. She will pursue a man if she's attracted to him. Yeah, I'm not afraid to ask you. Are you? Do you have a wife? But uh, they have the conversation, Dina and Effie, and then all of a sudden, Jamie Fox walks over and she immediately invites him into the conversation. She's like, "So we wondering immediately. Your wife let you out, or whatever she says about it, his wife." Well, Oh, yeah, because they're trying to find out if he has a wife. He has She's a like, wife. like, I was married for a time. But she's pursuing him, and he's listening to her. He's humoring the idea. Because he's like, do you prefer a little uh, stick like Dina over here? Or do you a prefer real a real woman? woman. And he's like, I was raised by real women. Uh-huh. Just Both like of my you. sisters were as big and beautiful as you or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, or he says they were as real as you. Yep. That's that what he says. A.K.A. Thick. Because his sisters are thick once they show them. Nothing wrong with a thick woman. Ain't nothing wrong. Absolutely beautiful. I want to hear some Marvin Gaye, some Some Luther Vandross, a little Anita. That definitely gets this party off right. Can I give you a little fun fact? Okay, give me a fun fact. So after all of the success from the stage version, them winning all those motherfucking Tonys. Uh Uh-huh. Immediately in the 80s, there was talk of a movie. Okay? Did you hear about this? What happened? No. So in the 80s, in the late 80s, there was talk of having Whitney Houston play Dina. And I... Okay. In uh, the 80s version of this movie. And there was considered, except that she wanted Dina to sing some of Effie's songs, including And I Am Telling You. Oh, no. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. It changes the entire story. It do. It do. This ain't Grease. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, so Whitney was like, well, if I can't sing that, then mm, I don't want to do it. All right, well, then later for you. Whitney. Yeah, so... We'll see you in 94 for The Bodyguard. Yeah! So, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love that movie. In but. the 90s, since we're talking about the 90s, there was again talk of making this movie. Who? So in the 90s, there was talk of having, after the movie What Love Got to Do With It in 1993, the okay. director Joel Sh- no, I put water on it so I can't see. Cohen? Shockman. Shocker. Whatever. Look up whoever directed that. Um, <laughs> I spilled my drink on it, so it's like a little fucked up. You smudged the book already. I smudged with this book okay. that I just got. Um, and he was set to direct it, and Lauren Hill was set to be Dina. Lauren Hill. And Kelly mm. Price was set to be Effie. You know Kelly Price? I know Kelly Price. Okay. Who's also a thick woman who mm-hmm. has nice pipes. But yeah. I don't think that she could sing it. I don't think so either. Lauren Hill has a great voice, but seeing her be Diana Ross would I can't be really quite see that. weird. Don't get me wrong. I like Sister Act 2, but... That's because she's playing like kind of herself. Sure. Um, Not only that, her voice is... I mean, I don't know if she can... She's a little more raspy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that uh, it would have worked as well. Yeah. You know, they had to find they had it came along when it was supposed to. So the movie was shelved mm. again. Okay, there's a singer that I'm thinking of, and I can't remember her name at the moment. She was uh, very famous uh, during uh, maybe the late '90s, early 2000s. She did a song collaboration. I want to say her last name was Cole. Keisha Cole. Is it Keisha Cole? Yeah, that was my girl from East Oakland, yo, Keisha Cole. She had a hell of a voice. She did. If it's the person that I'm thinking of. You probably did, because she could. She except she is slim and sexy. Keisha Cole was like our version of fucking Mary J. Blige, but like a West Coast. Mm-hmm. She did a song version. with RL, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so watching that music video makes me think that she could have played Effie if they changed the story and Effie wasn't as big. Yeah. Because that's the only thing is Keisha Cole is fit and sexy and beautiful from Jump Street. Otherwise, she would have had to gain like 50, 60 pounds. Well, Jennifer Hudson did have to gain 20 pounds for this role, Mm -hmm. get a little thicker. And Beyonce lost weight for this role so she could look younger. Which that contrast. Yeah, which I noticed, not just now, but like when I actually like watched it, like, Mm. (gasps) Beyonce is like real skinny. She's not she, on her like yeah. thick side, yeah. which she's, very, she's very more of a voluptuous, thicker person mm-hmm. than she is in this movie. Yeah, and even when she first came out, when they did that first song with White Clef, Destiny's Child did, uh, she no, still no, had no, curves. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Don't get me started. <laughs> Um, she was still curvy and very, very sexy, but she wasn't skinny. Yeah. She wasn't thin. Yeah. Like in this one, she's she lost a little bit too much. She's got like that, uh, I see Diana it. Ross neck, you might say. I see it in her cheeks. In her cheekbones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Before we move on from Keisha Cole, Keisha, if you listen to this podcast, we would love to hear you sing again. I Put hope Put out another album because your voice is so beautiful. I think she had some babies. Congrats, oh, girl, Keisha. Oh. And she, uh, you know, is dealing with a lot of things. Okay. And I, I think that 
Right now, there is no R&B, so there is nowhere for her to come back to. Dude, she could just put out her own I'm album just, on iTunes. I'm just saying. You know? That category is, like, left to Beyonce and Rihanna, which are more pop than... They're more pop. R&B. You know? Not that I don't like the bitches. I love those girls. Have all their albums. Yeah. But, yeah. I miss, I miss R&B. R&B is gone, so there's not really R&B. a spot for her. Yeah. You don't I hear- mean, if anything, that just means that there is a bigger hole for her to fill. I mean, you don't hear Mary J. Blige coming out with new albums, and she's the queen of R&B. Why not? I don't know. Dude, I was just, That's what I'm saying. I was just watching a music video uh, with Common where she sang backup. She does a lot of good ones. Anyway, before we move on, Mr. Fox, ah, you did a hell of a job, and I hated you in this movie. Can I give you some people who <laughs> were up for the part? Yeah, tell me. My boo-boo. Oh, uh, well. Will Smith was offered this role, and Terrence Howard mm. were also offered for Curtis. I could see Terrence Howard To be Howard honest with more. you, I can't see Will because Will can't sing. If you watch Aladdin, he's not a singer. He's a rapper, which is fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Terrence Howard can sing. Okay. If you haven't seen Hustle and Flow, we're going to put it on the list soon. We only get 52 a year, so... Oh, shit. We're almost at 52. Shit. We're at 42. Are we really? I think this is 43. This one will be 43. We should be keeping track. I am keeping track. Oh, I just yeah. told you. I think, I think we got to get somebody this... uh, back on this podcast to make us a cake for our 50th. Oh, my God. Because we are on our... <laughs> this is like our 43rd episode, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. That has aired, but we have two that have never aired. So we would have more. Mm-hmm. That's true. I like Terrence Howard for this role. Uh, not so much Will. If they would have you know put it in there. If they would have cast Will, it would have been for his stardom. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, Jamie Foxx's pipes though. His yeah. voice is incredible. Do you yeah. see him do this song on uh, Jimmy Fallon when he's oh, uh, we were talking about this. imitating Jennifer Hudson? Yeah. Dude, we were talking about this. He's so fucking good. <laughs> What is it called? Uh, uh, musical Wheel of Musicals or some shit oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, where you put it into like sing this song mm-hmm. in the style like, of exactly. Mm-hmm. I like, love that show <laughs> when he does that. Oh. Something else that I should mention. Just kidding. Go ahead. What, what were we gonna mention? Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, I was listening to him talk about. Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's talking about meeting uh, Puff Who? Daddy, Jimmy Fox. Oh, okay. And how uh, when he first met Puff, they uh, Puff was throwing a party up in New York. And he was like, I spent a, uh, like, I don't remember, it was like close to a million dollars on this party. And Jamie is like, I could throw a party just as good as this for $400. <laughs> and it wasn't like to be an insulting thing. It was, like it was more so like, bro, you know, this is great, you know, this, that, and the other. But you can do this and not have to spend all your money. And Jamie threw a party for Puff at his place back in LA. For $400? Dude, he had, apparently he had Kentucky Fried Chicken in like nice platters and shit. Like he had a nice spread and he uh, invited a bunch of people. He invited friends and (laughs) uh, he had music playing this, that, and the other. And Puff was like, is that uh, the girl from that one show? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's how we do it out here. And he was talking about one person that was sitting in the corner not talking to anybody. Guess who it was? Nobody was talking to this person. Male or female? Male. I'll end the suspense. It was Jay-Z. No one's talking to this one? No. I don't think anybody knew who he was yet. I don't believe that. Because Jay-Z was famous before Jamie Foxx was. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just not on the LA coast. I'm on the LA coast and I knew who the fucking fool was. Then nobody was talking to his ass. That's because he's like, hove. 
That's like creepy and scary. And <laughs> Beyonce yeah. softens them up. It makes them easier to like approach, I guess. Maybe. I don't I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Jamie threw this party for under $400. I think uh, he was at like $280 or something like that. He's like, that. I had extra to spare, bitch. <laughs> um, well, you can pay to go to Puff Daddy's parties, though. So he's making money. You have to pay to go to his parties now? No, I mean... We have to pay because we're, oh. we're not anybody. Anybody. I'm not on the list. We're no. not on the list. You on the list, you ain't got to pay. But the rest of the people who just want to have fun parties. But with a Puff million Daddy, dollars? No, because I have cousins that's gone to several of his like, Vegas parties. I'm saying, though, he spent a million dollars on a party. Don't get me wrong. This is probably like late 90s. So this that's was even probably, more. This was probably before they started cashing in on bottle service and all that stuff to a degree. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. I haven't partied with Puff Daddy yet. I'm waiting on it. I would love to go to his white party. Can I give you a fun fact? About one of the two ladies that we haven't talked about yet? No, just about the world. About life? About life. (laughs) Okay. So in 1967, the Detroit riots happened, Mm. just like in the movie. And in the movie, when they're doing heavy, 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 the recording, and she runs out, and they're in... The middle of the fucking middle of the Detroit, Detroit riots. riots, and he tells them, "Hey, it's black owned. We're black owned. Yeah. It's black owned, and they leave him alone." Mm-hmm. This is partly true. During the Detroit riots, Motown was partially open, mm. and there was recordings going on as the riots are going around. Shit. And the riots last for like it's like two three days. I don't know. Yeah, so they were able to do their shit, mm-hmm. and people knew, well, we can't fuck up Motown, because once the ride's over, we ain't gonna have no new yeah, music. Yeah, fuck uh, up the music, shit. Just like Rainbow Records in this movie. Okay. So I thought that was cool. That makes sense. Excuse me, my goodness. See, you shouldn't have poured me that second drink. Well, I'm gonna give you the option of who you want to talk about next. Technically, somebody is the main character of this movie, somebody's not. Let's do the supporting main character. Okay. <laughs> Beyonce. Let's talk about her. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna sit Queen back and Bee. listen because you know a hell of a lot. You more. didn't. You didn't write nothing down. I didn't write nothing down. You didn't write anything down. Dude, I never you're... write anything down. Okay, so it's up here. But this is your girl. Queen. This is your girl. Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> my favorite bitch. She was in this movie, and she. Did an audition for this, and she came fully in costume. Straight up, full production value. Full production value for the audition as she sings Dream. I showed it to Jason earlier because yes, I was did. like, I need you to see this. I've only seen one other audition like that. Who? Uh, Jim Carrey. For? Man on the Moon. That's one you gotta have to come with. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to come with it. I understand that. Yeah, that's the only other one that I've seen where it was like you're dressed in the full outfit of this person. You are portraying this person, and it is high production value. Like you've hired people to do this. This is not just a self tape in front of a blue uh, background. So back mm-hmm. to Queen B. Uh, Beyonce said that this was the first time that she felt like she was really an actor. Mm. And like you said, the scene where she's singing Listen, you can feel that fucking shit coming from her. And she is 
begging for him to just listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not happy. I'm saying I don't want to do this. I'm saying I want to do this. And you're not listening. I'm saying I didn't want to get rid of my best friend and kick her out of the band. That was you. Mm-hmm. You kind of turned to us against each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which I... He played him. He, he played absolutely him. played him. From minute one. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Beyonce also said something that I 100% agree. She was talking about how singing... Something about singing like brings that emotion out of you. Sure. Me and Smashy were talking earlier today, and I was like, there's just something about singing that just brings that emotion that you can't sometimes say in words. I don't know if a lot of people are like me, especially if they're a singer, where they... It's one thing to sing something in your house by yourself, like super good, super loud, where you get that emotion out. But it's another thing if you just like swing by a bar that has karaoke, and you fucking let it out Mm -hmm. for everybody in the fucking bar to see... For them to feel, and they feel it as well as you're singing it. Like, the way you're feeling it is the way they're feeling it. And it's something that saying lines don't necessarily... They can. They can. However, it takes a highly trained actor to do so. Yeah. So it's the difference. You, you know what I would compare it to? Like, there's a, there's a famous uh, saying that music is the closest connection that people can get to God. Music is the... I guess uh, you could say the uh, the uh, link. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as spiritual as anything. Yeah. You know, which is why there's always music in church. That's why. Doesn't matter what type yep. of church it is. That's there's true. music. You know, but uh, music resonates with the human body. You want to sing. Your body wants to do so. And uh, from an athlete's point of view, you notice that most athletes train to music. Yeah. Because there's a certain vibration in music that sends chills up your arm or they remind you of an experience that you first associated with that song and it gets you motivated and determined and keeps you moving and keeps you pumping that iron or running that mile or whatever it's just it like, is. Yeah, that's the same way for mm-hmm. actors. Yeah, I don't know if you do it, but before I do a scene that especially is something that's super deep and, uh-huh. you know, hard to pull that emotion out of anywhere. you got a playlist that you play that has those a sad, of, sappy-ass fucking songs. A lot of actors do have playlists, and they have it for when they have to do specific, specific scenes, yeah. depending on the emotion. I, for one, do not, uh, because I was taught that, you know, it you're not always going to have that at your disposal. And you have to be able to do it without the music. You have to be able to get inside these circumstances and to live in these circumstances without the assistance of music. I get that, but when am I ever going to be without my phone? True, (laughs) but if you're relying on the same songs over and over again, eventually they don't work for you. You know, I you gotta mean, have I'm, a lot of things that will work for you. It's just one of those when it is that emotion I really, really mm-hmm. need to get, and you gotta get it. You put it on. Sure. It's like um, when we get ready for this show. There's always some sort of music on that is semi-related to the movie, usually. Yes, it is. Or if not, it's just something that we want to listen to to mm-hmm. get us hyped to do the show. Missy Elliott makes a constant appearance. Constant appearance. Ching, ching, getting paid. I mean, and we especially do the show super late at night sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so and our we're energy tired. is like, you know, We've been up since six, seven yeah, o'clock. So we got to keep it 
I get no. my coffee. Go in. Um, a lot of people, here's another fun fact. A lot of people call Destiny's Child the new Supremes mm. because they are one of the highest grossing female musical group of all time, both of them, mm. including the top three are Destiny's Child, the Supremes, and Spice Girls are the top three. Really? Are the top three girl groups of all time. Okay. So a lot of people think when this movie came out that people who were not educated in the way of the theater mm. thought that they was like more of like about the Supremes but more about Beyonce because she is in it. Mm. Because, you know, she was in an all-girl group that kicked out members and got new members. Okay. Just like yeah. the dream. So Yes, they did. I I don't care. And now we got we got Michelle from that. Yes. And I love that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them equally. That's not true. I do love Beyonce, but I do love Michelle and Kelly, both both of their albums. Michelle has a fucking gospel gospel album. My mom listens to. Does she? Yeah, yeah. She, and I've seen her at a gospel show, like a gospel competition show in San Francisco or in Oakland, and it was fucking, you know, Destiny Child. Well, I'm glad that you said that. Uh, Beyonce said that sh- this was the first time that she felt like an actress. Because uh, this is maybe the second movie that I've ever seen her in. And the first one, I was not. Like an old member? Yes. Come on. And I was like, all right, this girl can't act. Did you think she could act in this? She changed my perspective a little bit, yeah. You guys, I was really nervous about this movie. And him and Beyonce. (laughs) I'm glad that I hear what I'm hearing from you. Because you did a good job. Some parts you're like, oh yeah, you are super green. Mm Mm-hmm. But mostly she got it down, especially sure. especially like like she said when it comes to singing, the whole scene where they're um, of course. telling Effie she has to go before I am telling you, she fucking kills it on that one. Absolutely. She's like, I've been listening to your bitching, mm-hmm. been listening to your nagging. I put up with your bitching, I put up with your nagging, and all your screaming. And all your fucking screaming too. Like she's in there, mm-hmm. like you, you really believe her. Yeah, and you an know? actress... Has to so Beyonce does those parts because it's almost like second nature. It is for her, you know, because she she is a singer, she mm-hmm. is a performer, and therefore she knows how to call on those emotions when she is singing. An actress, a trained actress that has done acting as long, or even you know half as long as Beyonce has been singing knows how to call on those when there is no music. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. You know. And what about somebody who can do both? What about what's it called? Obsessed or whatever with her? I've never seen it. Aegis Alba? Never seen she it. She did a good job. She did Fighting Temptations with Cuba Gooden Jr. She did a good job in okay. that one. I, she, and yeah. most recently she is the voice of Nala. Yes. Coming to a theater near you. <laughs> I know you're so so excited for I the am. Lion King. I'm pretty sure she sings Circle of Life. I hope they give Nala a not Circle. I don't believe I mean, she does. She sings Can You Feel? Can the You love Feel tonight. the Love? That's what I meant. She sings that. Hopefully they give Nala her own song because how are you gonna hire Beyonce and not give her her own song? Mm-hmm. You gotta have a new song for every movie. You can't just when they do musicals. Gotta stick to the story. Like in this one, where they added Listen, it's an added song so that they can be nominated for an Oscar. That's true. That's true. Because so every, everybody that wrote the songs in the previous movie, you're, you're absolutely right. So, like, 
like in the Aladdin that it's out right now, mm-hmm. Jasmine has a new song. The new song is in there so that when the Oscars come up, they can be in the running because you can't be in the running with songs that were already in the running years Which ago. I get, but at the same time, that's why I, they, don't, I don't know if I fully that's why agree they with them. that tactic, though. I mean, if it doesn't serve the story, don't put it in. If you're doing it just to put your name in the hat for the Oscars, I don't think it should go in. But if it does serve the story and it adds to the story rather than take something away. I mean, how could you be nominated and be a musical and not have a song in music, like song of the year? I'm saying though. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to be a musical of Little Shop or of Dreamgirls, Mm -hmm. which already have songs that were. Don't do it to be nominated. Do it to make a great movie. That's not why. That's not why these big ass people do this shit. I don't think the big that's, ass people should do this shit. That's why. The, that's not why the companies does this shit. They do it because they need those Academy Awards so they can make more money. They don't need the award to make the money, but I do get what you're saying. But like you said, listen, you mm-hmm. enjoyed it. It added to the story, correct? Yes, it did. It didn't feel like it was just like it didn't put take in there. away from the story. And in the, and it was put in at the right time of the movie. And the new Aladdin. Does the same to me with okay. their song. With their song, sometimes it is a little weird to just add them. Mm-hmm. But how can you have a musical and you not be nominated for music of the year, song of the year? I mean, first and foremost, you're redoing a, a musical that has already been redone. I get that. You know, not and everyone can be the greatest showman. You where you just have Bill Condon the musical. Can. That's true. <laughs> not everybody can be fucking In La La Land, where all the songs are original. Sure. Stand your ground. Make the music that you want to make. Don't let these money men handle you, as Jamie Foxx says in this movie. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to let these men handle you because they don't know how. You mean they're going to be honest to me and they're going to see me as an equal and not just a product? They're going to put shit in her head that's going to separate her from him. The thing that he says that just is like... Oh, I know. I honestly would be like, I'm I'm done. It's when he's like, she's like, I'm not 16. He's like, well, baby, you always be 16 to me. You always be 16 to me. Mm. Then that means you do not see me as a woman. You see me as a fucking child that you can manipulate and mm. do whatever you want with. As soon as you say that, I'm still 16. Bitch, I'm 25. Like, mm. that's how old she probably was, you know, 25, 26 at that time. I thought like, you were going to say uh, when he says, I forgive you. It's like, motherfucker, oh, yeah. why are I you forgive forgiving you. me? I didn't do shit wrong. I forgive you for going behind my back and trying to better your career. I <sighs> Well. But that's all I got on Beyonce because if you don't know who she is, you better ask somebody. <laughs> well, then I guess it's time. Do you want me to hit you with some... Facts about her or just random facts? Whatever you want. Okay, so we missed one other cameo in this movie. What are you talking about? Loretta Devine. Oh, yeah. She is in here for a minute. Loretta Devine is Black Mama number two. Mm-hmm. We talked about her also. She does a little song. In This Christmas. Yes. And she, she plays the jazz singer at the wake mm-hmm. scene. And she was originally Loretta on Broadway. Was she? So You mean Lorel? Lorel, what did I say? Loretta. Lorel on Broadway. Okay. So she plays, you know, Jimmy Early's girlfriend. So it's fitting that she's singing at his wake. That is nice. And I the like song that, that she is singing 
is actually from the original show. That's not an add-on. Um, goodbye, my friend. I miss you, old friend. Believe Can I she's. I'm gonna have to look because this is on the the record. It's on there somewhere that you know they sing about goodbye, my friend, and it fits perfectly the way that was probably her saying goodbye to him before they do the show. Okay. This is me just guessing um, from listening to the album so many times. Sure, that it sounds like that's probably like right before you know he leaves. She's like goodbye, deuces, you know, mm. kind of shit. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool that they brought her back. I like that they brought her back. They're like, hey, Loretta, what you doing, girl? Um, there's another person from the original cast in this movie. Who? Hint, uh, Hinton Battles. He was Curtis's alternate on the original show. Okay. And he plays Wayne, who is Curtis's right-hand man. He sings Step Into the Bad Side with them. Okay. He's the one that he goes to when he's like, yo, you know, pay the payola so we can, you know, squash Effie's song. And he's like, Effie, like, she finally getting back on her her feet and she has something here. Like, why are we going to fuck up her shit? That's it. The darker dude. Gotcha. um, It's also from the original cast, a.k.a. he's an understudy, but Mm -hmm. he's still in there. Still in there. I thought it was cool. Do your thing. Good for him. You know who was in the original show that also wasn't in there. And we've talked about him twice. No? Oh, I thought you knew. No? No. Uh, no. Oba Bambatudi. Oh, and, was he? Yes. He plays Cece on the original Broadway production of this. I he like was that. nominated for Cece, but he did not win. Really long. Yes. <laughs> um, he turned down a role of playing Marty in this movie because he didn't like the changes that they made in the film. Mm. So, he, was too, he agreed with the original story. Too much for him to be able, but I feel like once you know it's coming to TV or it's a movie, like you gotta expect. You gotta it to find be out a way different. to tell that story in two hours. Because I've seen Hairspray the movie and Hairspray the musical a million times. When I go and see it in the movie theater, it's not gonna be the same as it is when I see it on stage or the previous movie. Mm-hmm. It's a different spin to it. They add some things, they take some things away, but it's basically the same shit. And I would have been a part of it only because, full circle, that's how I would have been. And they would have paid you well. I mean, as much as they paid fucking Danny Glover, they could have paid you. It's true. I mean, they had $80 million. $80 million. Shit. Well, tell me about my girl. I think it's time. Are we talking about Jennifer? Miss Jennifer Hudson, a.k.a. Effie. Five feet nine inches of my goodness, she's lovely. A fine ass, thick ass sister with a voice. Mm. So um, Jennifer Hudson, she beat out seven hundred eighty-two actresses for this role, including American Idol like rival Fantasia, mm. which I can't see Fantasia doing this. Her I voice can't either. Is um, they're not. It's not the same. They're not the same. She doesn't have the same power. I mean, don't get me wrong. She has power, but she's not in the same range. Mm-hmm. You know, her voice yeah. is higher than it's what a higher Effie would octave. Be. That's what, yeah, yeah. But she has power behind her shit, and mm-hmm. it would have been cool. But yeah, Jennifer Hudson was a good choice on that one. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, the director, mm-hmm. he was very smart when it came to 
working with someone so fresh because this is her first debut introducing Jennifer Hudson movie. Yes. And like we said earlier, he made her show up late to set to get that devotedness. Sure. He also pushed the song And I Am Telling You back so that that was the last thing that they shot. I get that. Because he wanted her to fully grasp what Effie is going through at that point. Okay. And I showed Jason earlier today Jennifer Hudson's audition, just like Beyonce's. Um, And she does a great job. Her voice is amazing, but you can see that she's not fully processing what this moment, this song means. It's not just how gorgeous your voice is. It's that feeling of abandonment, you know, betrayal, um, you know, begging for someone to love. I I need you to love me. She thinks this man is the smartest man she's ever known. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he is very smart, but he sleeping with your best friend. He turned your brother against you and he kicked you out of a group. Like, why would you want this man? But she does. And she portrays it so well in the movie that when I saw it yeah. in the movie theater, people were clapping like she was going to do a curtain call. Mm. After the after she does her song, everyone was just like, mm-hmm. like all about it. Like, I mean, yes. so... It's, one, it's a beautifully written song. Beautiful. Absolutely. Gives you chills. Beautiful. The song itself, sung by anyone, but let alone let Jennifer Hudson get a hold of that song. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Watch out if a Jennifer fucking gets a hold of you, a song like that. Mm-hmm. The Jennifer's, Jennifer Holiday, Hollywood Close Encounter. Mm. Um, my roommate at the time, her boyfriend, worked at Castle Theater and had tickets to just we could basically we would just walk in there and be like what's going on can we go watch something mm. and we walked in one day because we were in the castrol one night and we're like what's going on he's like oh jennifer holiday's here i'm like jennifer holiday is here no shit. she's like yeah she's singing if you guys want to just sit in the back oh, and we yeah. sat in the back and we listened to her sing this song live like i I could have oh. cut my ears off and just buried them in the ground and it said, I never want to hear anything else again because it was so beautiful. It, it gave me chills. It's nothing like you could possibly mm. imagine. I mean, obviously my parents got to see Jennifer Holiday in her prime sure. singing this song and I, I'm hearing her decades and decades later, but she still got that shit. Mm-hmm. How do we close motherfucking counter? So, before we move on, we should say that Jennifer Hudson did win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for this role. Y'all didn't know that? (laughs) Y'all didn't know the girl won? (laughs) Get out of here. We had two nominees for this movie. Miss Jennifer Hudson, who did win, and Mm. we had Eddie Murphy, who did not win. Yes. Um, I do think his was kind of stolen from him. He did pretty good. He did pretty good. And it was given to the grandfather from Little Miss Sunshine. For what role? For... For Little Miss Sunshine. Really? Yeah. So I've never seen it. You never seen Little Miss Sunshine? Mm-mm. Very good. Very cute. Not good enough to beat Eddie Murphy, I would say. But okay. I don't know if that's me being biased. I got another Jennifer Hudson fact. What is it? Jennifer Hudson is known for being a singer. That girl got pipes. Yes, absolutely. And she, this was her first job. She is not known for dancing. No. So she had a little trouble with learning the choreography for this because the other two members of Dreamgirls are either in international 
worldwide known girl group or is a Tony winner who knows how to sing and dance? Musical which theater train. I also remember her. My first memory of her is from from Kelly to Justin. So the choreographer for this also worked with Destiny's Child back when they were young. So Beyonce uh, had already known the choreographer. Um, and Jennifer Hudson had to really work on being up to par with the other two. I think she did an amazing job. She did a great I job. I couldn't tell that she was lacking anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I got? I got one more fun fact. Fun fact! Columbus Short, who was also in This Christmas, this along Christmas. with three people in this cast. Uh-huh. Who was he? Was di- Go ahead. What do you mean? I'm already excited. Just tell in me. This Christmas? Just tell me. No. Oh, he tested for... The role of Cece. I figured it would be Cece. I don't know if he can sing. I don't know if he can sing. Dance his motherfucking ass off. He can dance. I do know that, but I don't know if the motherfucking sing. I don't know. Not I mean, better You never than... know, though, shit. I found out Jeremy Renner could sing. I mean, he's not better than Keith whatever his name is. No, Keith Robinson. Robinson, he's not better than him. It's more than you. And he kills it. It is more than me. It is. No matter what we are, we are a family. And uh, I'm out. Right after that, he goes off. I can't hit them notes. Oh, I can't hit those. Oh, my goodness. Maybe. Keith Robinson, you impressed the shit out of me on this one, man. So don't forget it. Don't matter anyway. You done? I'm done. What? Me is done. Okay. Well, then, that must mean that it's time for something. It's time for... Dinner. I'm starving. Let's get out of here. Z for the people. Wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if you listened to our last week episode, mm-hmm. we were talking about children's theater. Children's theater. And Smashy mentioned her friend's children's theater yes. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That was doing amazing things. So we gonna see for the people them. Hopefully they're listening. They did listen to last episode. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you guys are listening to this one Mr. too. Mr. Brian Aker, we're talking about you Mr. and your Brian lovely wife. Aker. Want to say I met her once, but I do not know her name unfortunately. Well, they own this amazing company that I was reading about. Yes, they do. Imagineer Theater. Imagineer Theater. And they are. Pretty cool. I was looking on here, mm-hmm. and they have a summer camp, which I've always wanted to go to. Have you seen Camp, the theater movie? Yes, I have. That was my fucking dream, which also does a scene with this song in it. I don't know. you seen Camp, right? I, I saw they, it like once, a long time ago. I was obsessed with this movie. Okay. Um, But they have like a white girl singing Effie's part and she's like singing to like this little Is it Anna Kendrick's little ass? I can't remember who does it but she's like It's like one girl is supposed to do it then another one does it instead? No, it's like Okay. The theater's full of like white people with like a handful of black people so Mm -hmm. how are you going to do a black show when you only have like three black people mm-hmm. so pretty much that's what it was that she was like playing Effie and she had the wig on and she's like no 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 there's no way and she's all singing to like okay. this little kid like who's like just standing there looking at her <laughs> so funny so awesome um, I was looking at their last year's summer uh, camp mm-hmm. which was Beauty and the Beast and they had a beautiful it looks like black 
bell in the in the mix, so I'm down for that noise. And this year, their 2019 Summerfest movie theater is The Lion King. Nice. So, um, if you're in Chicago and you love theater, figure out how to buy some tickets for mm-hmm. this shit so that you could see them. If you got some children that need to be... Uh, it's a camp over the summer because right now summer just started. Summer is just starting. Yeah, it is just absolutely. starting. You know, and you're in Chicago, do this because they have groups between eight and six years, uh, eight eight and sixteen years old, and six and thirteen year olds mm-hmm. doing their shit, finding their love for theater. So go to imaginetheater.net and find out some information if you're in Chi Town because. Theater is everywhere, and this one is personal to the to Lights, us, Camera, Cocktails to our family. home and household. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And people, put your children in stuff. You mm-hmm. know, put them in sports. Put them in arts. Put them in music. This you know, gets them out of trouble, man. Whatever it is. I'm give sure. Give them outlets besides hitting the books, yeah. you know, being on video games watching tv yeah. there's kids that are like hunched over and they've got like asphyxiations in their hands yeah. because their parents are ignoring them and all they're doing is playing video games all day and night yeah and they're growing as children do and their bodies are forming into like these hunched over people if not only could... that in, in my personal opinion putting your children in these programs helps them not only, you know, be good at have another skill in their yeah. life uh, and it teaches them to be social, but it also teaches them something about themselves and who they are, whether it is that or not, you know. You like, put your kid in baseball and he doesn't like baseball, you know, okay, I've learned that this is not something that I enjoy. Yeah. I've learned that young, I've learned that quickly, and I can move on to something else. You learn I that. I can find out yeah. what I'm passionate about. That much sooner. You're in theater and you learn, you know what? I don't want to be the person in the mm. front. I actually like being part of the ensemble. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You get some good songs. I used to make new friends. You learn something about yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. Not everybody is meant to be fucking Beyonce or Dina. That's just not what we're all meant to be. Some of us are meant to be. Uh, Loretta, is that her name? Let it. Lorel. Lorel, who's... Okay, but singing in the background. It's like Lil Rel, but with an O. <laughs> She's cool with being in the background. She tells her like, hey, yeah, you should come be in the background with us and let Dina do all the work for mm-hmm. one shit. I mean, she's happy. She's happy. Know? I love her when she's like, are you wearing the same wig that I am? Mm-hmm. You wearing the same outfit that I am? Yep. Then, then shut, shut up. Duh, <laughs> God. <laughs> and that is what I got for See. <laughs> For the people. Oh my uh, goodness. She might be my favorite. She's, like, <laughs> she's so cute. She's too cute. <laughs> she's just laughing. So we oh, done. We made it. Uh, please email us your Hollywood Close Encounters at Lights Camera Cocktail. No S. Get the S out of here. <laughs> please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube on Lights Camera Cocktail Podcast. Yeah, follow us on YouTube, people. Sure. Yeah. We look good. We dress up for you guys. We do. I got a lot of titties showing today, so you might want to look at this one. <laughs> and I got a creepy mustache. That's he does. Not, that's a rarity. You might not want to look at you it. You might not want to look at it. Yeah. 
But uh, we got another musical coming to you next week. Next week, this is Jason's pick. This is gonna be. I'll, I'll take credit for this one. It was a collab. It, it, was. it was. I mean, collab. musical month in general. We wish that we could do all the musicals, you know, all the time. I know. You know, it's hard to narrow it down to just four. So we're gonna do a scene for next week's movie choice. <laughs> And we are not prepared like we would like to be, but we're going to do the best we can. And like some scenes that we've done in the past, we're playing a multiple characters. Yeah. This is my fault. I, I, I aimed a little high on this he one. He aimed real high. <laughs> you can I'll, do this. I'm playing you four motherfucking people. I'm playing four motherfucking people. Four motherfucking people. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, um... Yeah, this is a lot harder than it looks because it's for motherfucking people. So we gonna do this. Okay, you want to read it over real quick? You need you need a minute. <clears throat> I want to hit it and quit it because I am hungry. You're right. Let's do this shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and here we go. Hi Rizzo, how are you? Peachy King Jelly Bean. Hey, you got a couple of quarters? We could split an Eskimo pie. My Dutch three days are over. You plan on staying home a lot. Hey, greetings, pals and gals. Hey, I got 23 cents. Anybody want to chip in for a dog sled delight? I don't know where all my money goes. Ten, a dime here, 15 cents there. Yeah, well, another couple of months and Frenchie over here will be able to take us all out. Huh? A working girl with income. You know, they don't pay very much to start off with. Yeah, well, that's still more than we make, so uh, any up, because I don't get my allowance until Friday. Whoa, you get an allowance? When I'm a good boy, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. There were a couple of drunk asses. I told you not to fill up my cup. It's okay. <laughs> it would taste so good. I was so proud of my... I was always taught to finish whatever I was served. I was so proud of my blueberry simple syrup. I'm sorry. The simple syrup is very good. And I made it. All right, people. Uh, that is our show. It Fuck is it did it. a long one, but Zenobia is going to cut it down. Oof, I'm I am good at it. YouTube, I am not. You get everything. <laughs> sorry, YouTube. Be lazy. You know, <laughs> listen to it in the background. It is what it is, you know. But uh, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. Keep listening to us. You know, we're getting uh, better and better, and we're growing. We, we just are. got a new addition. Australia's listening to uh, listening to us. What yeah, Aussies? Our Aussies, bah, bah, bah. which is interesting because I did a very very bad attempt at an Aussie. Not even close. Not even close. It was so bad. I was trying to do a girl and an Australian on drinking. It was really bad. The last thing we will leave you with is watch the Tonys this Sunday. Please. Oh, or last Sunday. Should have told, said Google that last Google it so you week. can see the... It's important, it people. Especially America. We're only good at a few things. Art is one of them. It is. All right. We thank you. We will see you guys right here next week on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Who was the first one to be, go fall down fading? <laughs> that was me. Jimmy.